everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast 375 for the week of February 13, 2016. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with RP Gamers' best and brightest, or at least whoever was available on a Saturday morning. First off, my lovely wife, surrounded by just flowers all over her desk, <laughs> Anna Marie Privetier. I have flowers, I have chocolate, and I have a teddy bear. Yeah, you have a husband who trying to dig himself out of a hole. No. Um, also here from lovely England, I hear it's great this time of year, Alice Wilkinson. And I have got a teddy bear as well. Oh, Aww. nice. Uh, joining us from Texas, T Jonathan Stringer, do you have a teddy bear or do they just give out stuffed steers down there? Uh, that's called a stuffed hamburger. Stuffed hamburger. Oh, <laughs> that is a true gift of love. I want one of those. No, what do you stuff I, it with I, cheese. You can't. Yeah, mm. and like uh, avocado. They do that often, oh. or green chilies. All right, everyone to Texas. No, no. But uh, my, I got a doubly bad. My wife's birthday is also tomorrow. Oh, jeez. She was born on Valentine's Day. Yes, awesome. she was. <laughs> I know we could never really go out to eat for a birthday. It's it's. Uh, yeah, no, we we have a moratorium on trying to go out for Valentine's Day weekend. We like yeah, wait a couple days and go it. after. No, Anna has a moratorium. I would like to take her out to eat. <laughs> no, I would like to go and take her to Ruth's Chris tomorrow. But no, <laughs> let's go Tuesday. <laughs> that know, restaurant is not that restaurant. Even when it's crowded, it's not loud. I don't know what your problem is. Um. <coughs> yeah. All right. I I will. Yeah. I guess the cough. <coughs> And she's coughing up her. <coughs> yep. Mm hmm. Oh, we'll just wait for that to finish. Sorry. All right, cool. And then finally joining us, RP Gamer's resident pasta mancer, Lol Whoops, a.k.a. Robert Sinclair. <laughs> Hello. Hi, everybody. We got Canadians on the podcast. What? what? People would know Robert as um, just. Uh, what the guy are you? who sends in all the questions. Well, yeah, yeah he does that, and and he knows everything there is to know about Kingdom of Loathing. Right? About what? Kingdom of Loathing. No. Huh? No, 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 no. No? I don't even think no. he plays it. Do nope. you? No. Oh, I thought you did. Nope. Who does? Don't know. Well, your, your icon... <laughs> Never mind. Uh... Joining us, a completely different person than Chris had an impression of. Lol Whoops, Robert Sinclair, what do you do for the site? Tell people at home. Uh, I make news and ask a lot of questions. That's right. That's uh, that's that's useful, right? Just ask wheels. Yeah, just ask wheels. Yeah, he get he's got a. Does he a get a handful of, of questions, questions from you? A handful. That would be minimizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think I gave you guys like twenty questions when you were asking for them. Something like that. Yeah, we still need to do those. We just haven't found a place to slot them in yet. Yeah. This is true, actually. Do we, we still do Q&A? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a podcast now. Oh. I've been on it. I meant as the as a as a thing. Yeah. Yes. No, I meant as a column. No. No, it's well, been replaced by a podcast. Well, that's weird. No, it isn't. It's weird. No, it isn't. It's weird. No, it really isn't. It used to be like, you know, Dear Anne, but for RPG questions. Yeah. Serious RPG questions. Well, do you uh. know? did you know that I did Q&A for a while? Yeah. Okay. Even I've done Q&A, Anna. Okay. Really? Yeah. But you hate writing. Yeah, I know, but Q&A was fun. Okay. 
Hmm. Just search for Ask Sabin. It's, it's a thing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. not mu not a very long thing. It's just a substitute column thing. Now, now that you say that, it makes me think of Sabin actually sitting there answering questions and writing it down. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you, you punch him in the face. <laughs> no, suplex him. Suplex them a suplex. lot. Suplex. I was always partial to the bum rush. Dear Sabin, <laughs> I'm having trouble getting my train to function properly. Suplex the train. Thank you. It worked wonderfully. Uh, did you know you can suplex the train in Final Fantasy VI? Mm -hmm. It's very important. It Doesn't everybody suplex the train? you got to suplex the train. All right, so if you don't suplex the train, let us know. Okay. I usually aura bolted the train. What? I, Why would you do that? Because. I'm sorry. It's much better to... Which one was the really easy to do lazy command where you didn't have to do as many inputs? Was that um, Left, right, left, right was like super pummel. Yeah, let's just yeah. pummel. That's the one they teach you in the tutorial. There's another one that's like, uh, it's kind of like a... Um, the half circle A is uh, aura Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Or the quarter circle, rather. Yeah, that's the one I would do all the time. The, like the fireball in a in a fighting game. And then you know, there's a three quarter circle if you want to do the little fiery things, but you don't learn that till a lot later. <sighs> Alice Wilkinson. Yes. I got excited because you made a post in our podcast thread. Did you deliver any missiles this week? Only two aliens, Chris. Ah! Wait, wait, aliens are in space, so that could count, right? No. No? You don't consider no. them aliens in Eve? No, there aren't any aliens in Eve. Oh. Lame. Well, so. podcast is canceled, everybody. Go home. No missiles. Oh. Okay. You posted screenshots of missiles being fired. Yeah, that was like that was two weeks ago, Chris. Ah! Did you fire? <laughs> did you deliver any missiles in the last two weeks? No. Oh, not really. I figured maybe this was turning into prices right. In the last three weeks. <laughs> well, yes, obviously. But... Oh, we already talked about that. All right, fine. What did you deliver instead? Well, I think haven't like half the cast been playing XCOM two. I've been playing XCOM two. And me. Everyone okay, well, is playing I think, XCOM that is I think that is half the that cast. That is half the cast. <laughs> Probably half the staff. Uh, everyone's playing XCOM 2 this week. How are you enjoying it, Ellis? I am enjoying it a lot. Yeah? Yeah. What? You want? You mean you want more than that? I would like a little bit more than that, yeah. Um, well, okay. So um, I have actually finished a single playthrough. Ooh. Um, because unlike everybody else who seemed to insist on, like, you know, okay, so we're going to jump into a new XCOM game. What I'm going to do is play on the hardest difficulty setting with Iron Man on, because clearly if I'm not doing that, then I'm not doing it right. Right. Whereas I myself dialed the difficulty back to the lowest difficulty so I could figure out what's changed between XCOM and XCOM 2. I thought that was the sensible thing to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like the game doesn't lead to, you know, like, replay and stuff mm -hmm. it's just you know um <laughs> so uh yeah no i have finished a, f a full playthrough and i'm currently working on my second i don't know how have you been enjoying it 
You know, I think I've spent more time. Well, no, I wouldn't say more, but I spent a whole lot of time customizing my guys. I had to make them look exactly like all my friends and family. So that seems to be the thing to do in this game is make everybody look like people you know, send mm -hmm. them to their deaths, and then mourn them when they die, right? Sure. Or do you keep them alive? Um, I don't know. It's my kid. I kind of try to keep my kid you alive. try, but, but do Everyone you? else can die. Hmm. Well, they have changed how the... Um, like the whole character customization thing like was present in the previous games, but uh, XCOM 2 has kind of expanded on it to make it easier to have uh, like the same pool of soldiers persist across multiple games yep. and a lot easier to share them and import them and things yeah. like that. It's awesome that you can save them and then it'll save to a pool and you play again and they'll pop up again. That's really cool that they did that. So I, I don't know. the This game... It, this is my first XCOM, really, because I didn't. I never got around to playing the first one, even though I bought it a bunch of times. Um, so I jumped in because it's new and I want to talk about it on the show. And then I realized that this game is like a Civ game in that you can be playing it for a little while and then realize it's three o'clock the next week. Yep. Um, just another turn. Just another mm -hmm. turn. Yeah, it is very much a just another turn game. Um, Except it's just another scan. Oh, that unlocked this mission that I have to do, and then I can get back to finishing that scan. Oh, now that mission unlocked that thing that I want to go do that scan first, then I'll get back to that first scan. And then, you know, you've either finished your campaign or died and started three more in, in before you know it, right? Yeah. Um, well, th this also takes a definite uh, different path than the previous game and, and the older games and as far as... The other ones, you're repelling uh, alien attacks and, and going from site to site. This is your you're kind of doing like a, a revolution. Mm -hmm. So it, this, the style of the uh, overlay part of the gameplay where you're uh, doing your management type stuff is definitely different than before. Right. So the. Uh, I, so how do we even begin to explain this? <laughs> <laughs> So this game has like one of, I love the opening to this game and just the concept of what's going on in the opening missions so much so that I don't want to spoil it for people. Um, but the idea of what's happening and, and, and how it's happening and who it is that's being interacted with there, that's really cool. I think that's a great opening of the game and it's a good way of bridging the two games together. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then they drop you into it and it start you doing your research and you have all these addictive things to like try and make the levels higher, make the levels higher. And then you realize, at least I realize, this game's really hard. Yeah, it can have be. Have you guys noticed this game's really hard? This game's it's, really hard. It's unforgiving. It's it's you will be fine one turn and then something you had no way of knowing is going to happen will happen, destroy half your team, and then it's like time for you to either start over or lose. Well, the big thing about the game is that almost all the missions are on a timer now, which forces you to not take your time and dawdle around and slowly creep across and make sure you don't aggro too many groups at the same time. Where is this one was shit? I got five more turns until I have to pick up the guy, so I better rush. And then you, you get spread out. You aggro two groups at once, and they come in and wipe half your group out. It's like I, I don't know how you're supposed to succeed at this stuff. Um so I started playing. I'm like, oh, I don't have a lot of time. I'm going to play on easy, and then it'll be fine. I'll enjoy going through it, and it'll be fun, and I can worry about getting better at it later. No, easy was too hard for Chris. Way too <laughs> hard for Chris. Just completely too hard for me. 
So I, I, I need to tell you guys, I'm running with six mods on right now. All right. Let, let me run down for you what I had to do to make this game playable for me. One, I had to put on a mod that got rid of those time limits that you're talking about. None mm. of my missions have time. none of my missions have turn limits. <laughs> Screw you, I'm having fun. Two, I doubled all the supply income I got. <laughs> Three, I gave myself a 25% experience boost to everybody, because that's the mod that was easily This is all really easy. There's a workshop button when you boot up the mm -hmm. game and you just it's like choosing things off a menu at a restaurant. Ooh, I'll take that, and I'll take that, and I'll take that. Ooh, I would love the cherry compote. Yes, thank you, 25% experience. So th th those are the first three. I have one that doubles how long the Avatar Project can go before the game ends. I have one that doubles how many pips you get back off the Avatar Project with a successful mission. And then the most important mod of all time, the increase the run speed for the peoples. It doesn't actually make the game any different. It just doubles the running animation of everybody as they move from position to position. It is my most recommended mod for everybody. Because <laughs> people just take forever to move in this game. And it just adds up over time. Oh my gosh. The most gosh. annoying is getting them all extracted. There is actually a mod called Extract All. Mm -hmm. That you move everyone into the extract zone. And then it gives you a button to execute the extract animation for all of them at the same time. So you may actually enjoy that mod too. Yeah. It doesn't and it's not it's not unbalancing the game or anything. The only problem with doing some of those mods, you get rid of some of the tension that the game almost wants you to have or needs to have to make it Do you, uh, you need to understand something, Jonathan. I'm still having to save scum. <laughs> with all of those mods, I still have to roll back turns because the game is just that unfair. Or that challenging. I don't know how you want to put it. Uh, I'm playing on a, uh, baby. I'm calling my new difficulty mode baby mode, and it's still too hard for me. So, I had a 91% hack fail on me and then screw me over. <laughs> Have you guys happy. seen that that screenshot that's going around Twitter where the gun is pressed up against the alien's face and it has a success rate of 66%? <laughs> Yeah. That Anna, is not only have to I, in a nutshell. Anna, not only have I seen that, I've lived that. All right. I've <laughs> lived that. I've had people shoving guns in people's faces with 85% and missing. <laughs> like and the gun is in their body. How do you miss? Or you get the uh the crit from the alien where you think you're safe and you know I can I can live through it and kind of like fire emblem when you get critted. Out yeah. of nowhere, and you're like, well, no, well that no, not today. living through that. <laughs> new character <laughs> or new load. Well, the thing is, XCOM is the way both the original and XCOM 2 have set things up. Um, they kind of, I don't know, they, they're meant to kind of point you towards the fact that you are going to lose people. Yeah. Quite a lot. I don't want. You guys to... are supposed to be fodder and you're supposed to recruit no. new ones. Yeah, except he made the mistake of naming one after me. Well, that wasn't <laughs> until I had gotten to the point where I felt like I can make this person live. Okay. Also, I, I mean, made everything purple on them. The uh, the <laughs> tutorial in both um, uh, the original, so Enemy Within, and uh, XCOM 2 will always have you lose at least two people by default. Yeah. Like in the original, in the original XCOM, the first mission, if you did the tutorial, you started with a, with a squad of four, and you would always lose three. Mm -hmm. It was not. It was that was all scripted. And the same is true with XCOM 2, where you have a squad of roughly four. But you auto will automatically lose two. Yep. You don't have any choices in that first one because, I mean, technically you're not controlling it. 
Um, exactly. Yeah. I actually thought I actually thought that was quite interesting. The way they so that when off. you think about it afterwards, like, oh, that's really clever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do not have. I finished my first run without any mods. Uh, Good for I you. Had, You're a very had, skilled person. Uh, five dead, something like that. I, mm -mm. I'm on normal. I have four dead, four or five dead right now, and then I'm, uh, my avatar is at eight, so that's gonna get up there. Um, according to what I've heard, even <sighs> if that bar fills up to full, you have twenty um, days. You still, yeah, you still have twenty days to actually find some way of reducing it. A lot of it. people apparently will will do a strategy where they fill the bar kick around for 14 days of just doing stuff and then go take it down and basically just kind of ride that edge of that 20 days just so they have extra time to do things in the game. Mm. Yeah, and there are a couple of events that significantly decrease that bar. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. This game's really good. Have we told people what it is? It's a tactical RPG. Or it's a tactical game. Tactical turn-based strategy. Yeah. I would consider it an RPG. Seems RPG-ish. It's got RPG elements. It's it's not. It doesn't have a real plot narrative like a lot of RPGs will. But your character, kind of well, but there's story progression and cutscenes, yeah. and you and and your characters have levels. They're they, instead of calling them one, two, three, four, they're the ranks, military ranks, but still. Yeah. And it's you a progress. save the earth simulator. It's a save the earth simulator. Yep. <laughs> well, it worked out so well in the first game, apparently. No, um, did no. not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pissed at my guys. I went and beat the aliens, and then they did this shit to me. Come on. Yeah, come on. Come on. Don't they know? Ugh. Well, the, the whole point is XCOM 2 takes place in the, uh, basically what they call the outcome of a significant number of original XCOM games, i.e. you lose. <laughs> so this XCOM 2 is basically what I think what some people have said is the canon timeline for about 75% of started enemy enemy unknown games. Yeah, oh, really? Can't say original yeah. XCOM. Well, the original XCOM in this universe is considered simulations that they ran in preparing for making the XCOM organization, right? Uh, I can't remember, actually. I think I saw that in here um, somewhere, but yeah. But yeah, but they're the like in is, 1993, we ran a bunch of computer sims to figure out how to do this. And then in 2015, we had to institute yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I mean, they put that in there. Yeah. And then but I, I think the idea in this one is this is basically the, the you lost the original. You lost the original game. This yeah, is so now it's 2035. Hmm. So. Um, yeah, I'd say I've enjoyed it a lot. So. It's extremely fun and addictive. And Weapon I highly upgrades are like the, the best thing. Yeah, it is. And armor upgrades, because then everybody looks shiny. Actually, that is, I was going to mention, that is one of the definite improvements that they did uh, make, was um, now, uh, in previous games, when you reached a new weapon or armor tier, so uh, like a significant increase in um, like weapon power or armor strength, um, you had to manufacture multiple types of that armor in order to equip your entire squad. Usually at, you know, quite high material cost. In XCOM 2, they've kind of simplified that in that uh, once you actually reach a particular weapon tier, um, you spend all of the resources required, and then it all of your troopers are now equipped with that weapon. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I did like that. Um, I don't like same, it how same, you have to... Same have to be, armor. Yeah, I don't like how you get a supply drop instead of just like here. Here's your money for the month or whatever. You actually have to go find it. That's annoying. 
I think, well, I, think you, I think you get money too. It's just that a lot of that money is going towards recurring expenses, and you don't realize it. Um, I mean, the I mean the supply drops are clearly marked. You just have to yeah, find yeah but it takes time now. is the problem, yeah, and everything's well, ticking in this game. Yeah, but the the supply drops are unique in that for everything else you have to scan for multiple days to find it. The supply drops will always give out a proportion of their income for every day you spend scanning, rather That's than true. getting everything at the end. That's true. So even if even if you're called away, you're still in a position where you can spend some of the money that you've got. Hmm. All right. I still don't have any psyops on my team because I'm an idiot, and it took you me forever. Gotta build a psylab. I figured that out. <laughs> now I need to get some recruits to put in it. Well, it looks like you may actually get psionic guys sooner than XCOM unknown and within whereas it was hard to get him basically you got him right before the end of the game there and so you really didn't get to fully explore them and use them as much as you would probably like to you got to use them a bit but mm -hmm. i think, I think get them a um, earlier in this one in enemy unknown they had it so that you had to have captured a sectoid commander to research the psylab in mm -hmm. enemy within they changed that to um crap uh, they changed the requirements so you could build a Scilab a lot earlier, I think. Did you? I don't, I remember yeah. not getting him told kind of, uh, there's that story of it where you could start doing him. I mean, it is, girl. it is possible to, uh, it is actually possible to, to go through most of the game without them. I've, I've, in my current game, I'm, I think entering between medium and late game and I've only just built a Scilab. Yeah. I haven't built mine yet. I have it up there, but I just don't However, have a spot. They are very powerful when you get them. So I think my problem is that all my guys keep living, and so I don't have a lot of new recruits, and I'm not cycling through things. And if I had been, it would be different. So here's a question for you. Does anybody understand how mission difficulty works? Like, I haven't seen easy missions in forever. Is that because all my guys are highly leveled? Because uh, you progressed. Well, just because you progressed the story? Yeah, they just don't spawn easy missions it, anymore, like even if, on easy. All right, if say if you next round, if you lost all your high level guys and all you had is recruits, it's still going to be that hard just because that where you are sucks. Mm -hmm. This game hates you. Care, you're just like uh, supplies and everything else. Your kit, your soldiers are resources. <sighs> but the thing is, is even if even if they use even if they're rookies, well, they miss out on abilities. They will still uh, take advantage of any uh, weapon tiers and any advanced armor that you may have researched. Because while there are like broad weapon and armor tiers, um, there's the weapon upgrade system, but also uh, you can research special armors that have uh, particular effects. There's some really cool tier three ones that. Uh, have some very unusual effects that make traversing maps a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So there, there are there are some weird things about that though. The game does a terrible job of telling you this upgrade is going to apply to all your soldiers and be permanent, and this upgrade is going to be um, basically a one-off one um, or a a single. So and it and even then, it's like some are consumed and some aren't consumed, but you only make one at a time. So it's like. It, it does a terrible job of indicating that to you before you spend your precious resources that you have only so many of. It's like it wants you to save scum your upgrades. <laughs> I think uh, the one-off uses, it does tell you, like... Uh, oh, the, the true consumables. Yeah, I yes. think you're right. Yeah. Okay. That's something. 
but it doesn't tell you, say, if you get unlock uh, or if you create a, a med kit. It doesn't say it's like for one person or you any guy can recruit a med kit. But I think any accessory is a one of, mm -hmm. and any weapon or armor is for everyone. No, there are one off armors that yeah. go into the accessory slot. Well, it's an accessory. Yeah, but you don't realize that when you're making it. Okay, sure. It doesn't say accessory item versus me. So the trick is medium armors are the ones that are for everybody. Uh, the, the 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 distinction I usually find is. Um, the if it's built in the engineering bay then um so if, it, if the weapon or the armor is built in the engineering bay then yep. it will apply to everyone if it's built in the proving ground then it's not for everyone no there are weapon there are i think um once you've built you know see there are heavy and light armors that you research in the proving ground mm -hmm. and then have to build in the engineering bay no, no, to make uh, each no. each one yeah the, the no, plus one uh oh, you, one. he might be right no, yeah, the ex no, no, you are right for light and heavy armors, but not for the accessory armors. Yeah, so the weaves and stuff. <laughs> See, it's it could be handled better. I'm going to just say that and leave it there. <laughs> I think it could be better. <laughs> this is so confusing. Oh, this game wants to kill you. Um, and it performs like crap, doesn't it? Yep. It, it has so many performance problems. What, oh, what settings are you running it on? Um, whatever NVIDIA was recommending for my 970. Well, and there's like this crazy escape trick. No, caps lock no, trick. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, there's a, well, I was going to tell you the FXAA, I believe. Yeah. Turn that off. Turn that off, right? right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Full scale aliasing yes. is the, an issue. It, put it on the MSA and okay. that'll run all right. All right. That, yeah. that, that did a, wor uh, a world of wonders for me. I read it on somewhere where it's bugged right now. Yeah. So the first try, I turned everything up because I got a 970, the relatively new PC. This thing should be able to handle this no problem. I was wrong. So I went in and I said, okay, NVIDIA, you optimize this. And I noticed that's what it did. It turned off full scale. Anti it was like, you want this off. Trust us. <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay, cool. <laughs> Um, and then it, it's still, even then, the frame rate drops all over the place. Issues with the cameras during like the close-ups where they will show you, they won't show any of the action. They're just going to show the cam here. Here, look at the ground while the, your guy kills someone. Yeah. It's like, okay, thanks. Um, it's stable. It's not crashing out, which is good. But it, things just take forever. You'll just, hey, here's an enemy. I'm going to show him on the middle of the screen for about 20 seconds and then we're going to go back to your guy and let you take an action again. I'm not loading or anything. I'm just going <laughs> to hover over here just because I figure you might want to observe the fact that there's a new enemy. It's just weird slowdowns and pauses. And then when flying back to your base, this is beautiful. Anna Marie found this for me. When you're flying back to your base, it takes forever for reasons nobody understands. It's not really loading. If you hit the caps lock key, all the animations will pause. And then it will immediately finish loading and give you the little green prompt to go back to your base. The caps lock key is magic for going back home. It doesn't work for loading the mission initially. It's only for going back to your base. That's interesting. <laughs> Some sort of weird bug that the caps lock key fixes. I, I've had this thing where coming off the center of the screen where my character is and about a third of the screen, it's just kind of in a, um, a cone shape yeah. towards whatever corner. It'll just have this weird black gray shit just spewing out. And it'll kind of spin around the screen for a little bit and then stop. This is weird graphical glitches it'll have every now and then. Ugh. Are you playing NVIDIA or AMD? NVIDIA. I have a 970 as well. Yeah. I and yeah, I don't know. This game, Alice, how is it working out for you technically? 
Uh, okay, for the most part. But I still turned FSAA off. Yeah, I, I think you have to if you want the frame rate to be able to be above. Yeah, three. actually, no, let me count. Let me check uh, options. Uh, supposedly, it's a known issue that they're working on on a oh, patch. No, hang on. Oh, I'm no, sure it F is, but I don't know I when have, the patch is going to come. I have uh, FXAA on. Well, well huh. if you're enjoying the performance, be be for, consider yourself fortunate and enjoy it. Um, we're going to leave it off because we want. <laughs> I don't know why this game is just so poorly programmed and. People are, I know that certain people I've heard complain that, you know, hey, they didn't even release console ports. What is their excuse for how unoptimized this game is? And I, I like know. the fact that the assumption is programming a PC game is easier than programming a console game. No, but, you know, usually they do all of them. So now they have less to QA than normal. But Yeah, I, I, I think the, um, the whole console PC thing might be more to do with the mods than anything else. Yeah. I mean, the game is ridiculously mod-friendly. I mean, the, as, the mod, I've, as I've explained, <laughs> the, the mod tools are something like I don't know, 40, 50 gigabytes or something. Because it, wow. it's literally everything. Yeah, it's this like game is like they 32 the gigs with. on your hard drive. Um, yeah, mod tools are very powerful because you could just just shop the workshop for this game. There's so many things yeah. that people have already made in just the first week. Yeah, they had stuff out in a couple days. I'm like, wow, you already did all this? Well, the, um, there were a couple of mods that the Long War Studios guys were working on prior to release because they had already had access to the mod tools. But, yeah. Uh, there are right. people who did some really quick modifications for it. Hmm. Well, yeah, a lot of the quick mods. Um, apparently, the thing, it's so moddable, a lot of the stuff is just exposed in text files. So a lot of things like how big the avatar project bar gets and stuff like that they just had to open a file and change from 12 to 24 you know yeah so it wasn't that hard and you know what enemies in this one they're they're all really annoying as shit aren't they though enemies in the last one weren't so annoying it's like oh okay i can deal with these guys there's a for 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 the most part mutons i think in this one are a little bit neutered compared to to unknown and within i'm not as scary but those flying archon bastards, oh. those snakes, the uh, even the. Uh, have you the have you gotten the little guys. spheres? Spheres. I don't think I've done you the. You haven't spheres. gotten the flying spheres yet. The ar the flying archon guys suck. No. The guy the the big acid spitting guys right. piss me off. I will tell you. Oh, the Andromedans. Yeah. Yeah, those are awful. Um, that's one of the the trifecta of evil, in my opinion. Um, the spheres and the sectoid bots are the other two, and I don't think you've run into either yet, probably. Nope. So let me just assure ah, you. There's, there's still one you haven't run into yet, and you oh. are going to love it. Oh, I, I can't wait. L listen, Jonathan, nightmares await you. <laughs> nightmares await you. Just It's probably similar to the, the little flying guys, like the little flying discs in the last just, one. They, they await you. I don't know. Those, those were... Um, well, I think they're kind of mostly covered now by the um, sectopod and uh, the sphere, which functions pretty similar yeah. to how that one did. I figured the sphere is a take on that one because they, it it's like they, they use some of the ones from last time. They kind of mix them together and they but they're almost all of them are harder than they used to be or tougher. Except I'm, for the I'm being told by Cavalier in the chat that I need psionics so I can make some of these guys I hate into my pets. Yeah, mind control. Very good. Yeah. Actually, one of the most annoying enemies you meet very early on, the Codex. 
Oh yeah. Well, the co the codex. I'm actually kind of glad that they included an enemy like the codex because the the XCOM uh, the enemy unknown one, which was the outsider, appears like uh, until you ca successfully capture one and then promptly disappears from the game. Oh okay. It's kind of like, well, come on, you've actually made a pretty good enemy concept here. Why why didn't you keep it? Yeah. Uh, this is one of the things when um, uh, Long War, the Long War mod came out for the original XCOM. What is the Long War mod? So the Long War mod is like, like, like basically a kind of massive rebalance and um, it just makes the game last a lot longer. It has more weapon tiers. It is does it like an like endless that. game or? It's not an endless game because it still follows the plot of the original XCOM. Okay. So by, is it, so by about. being long, is it easier or harder or just different? Uh, the It's different, I'd say. Okay. I'm, I'm actually still doing my run through of it. It's that long. Years. It takes years. <laughs> no, it's just not something that I concentrated a lot okay. on. But either way, um, the one of the changes that they made is in the original on easy and normal, I think the outsider had three or four health, which made it quite easy to capture because the arc thrower and its normal uh, pre-upgrade uh, normally uh, only dealt or only worked very well on enemies with three points or lower less of health. Um, one of the things that Long War did was change the outsider to appear uh, like throughout the game and also have like eight points of health as opposed to just three. Wow. Okay. I'm watching the stream, Chris, a little. And one thing I see that you do that may be making it tough is I always move my guys to where they have a position of cover. Mm -hmm. I never let them stand out because if they're standing out once, they're, they're going to die. Yeah, but like, I get impatient is my problem. <laughs> also, here's the other thing. Cover only matters if it's in the right direction. Exactly. And you don't know where anybody is. So how can you pick the right direction? Well, you kind of you kind of have to I also don't always <laughs> double move my guys. Right. And so that, yeah, I single, single move them up in a way and I've then, learned that. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz then you then you'll have their their turns already done and then you then you unlock an enemy on the your last guy's last turn when if you would have slowly moved them all up and then done their second move after that, you could have maybe had shots on them. Well, yeah, so you want to single move and go forward slowly so that everyone's in Overwatch mode so that when you unlock the enemy, they all run into Overwatch range. Except, of course, if you have the turn limits on, in which case, if you go real slow, you're going to have to deal with the turn limits. Well, and, well not even well, Overwatch. You can move them all in their blue movement so they still have an action. Yeah. And then no. be able to respond okay. once, once, you, once you aggro uh, a, a group. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I haven't. I didn't have too many too many issues with the turn limits, but I did run into very some very tight turn limits at times. But then again, I kind of just felt that it made the game more enjoyable to play. Yeah, there was an element of too, tension in it. I had a VIP mission where I'm trying to go rescue them, or or, or I shouldn't say rescue, but uh, uh, kidnap them or what have you. And I was starting to run into some turn issues. I'm like, screw it, I'm just killing the guy and getting the hell out of here. Mm -hmm. So that was a cool tactical decision I had to make that I normally wouldn't have to make otherwise, and it, it kind of varied the missions up a little. Yeah, but so I consider I that a failure. Actually, I don't yeah. know if there's any real... They tell you that they want them captured, but I don't see what the difference is in the results. I'm not sure. I don't know if you get more rewards Maybe you get or more not. supplies or something. It's just it's not explicitly yeah. stated what you got for doing that. I yeah. I say I normally I have for for dark VIP missions I normally try and capture. That's just. 
but I think I uh, the game the game is I think the game is kind of balanced towards you have to if you when you have soldiers who have abilities you have to make full use of them you can't just hold them in reserve you have to make use of them yes you do and um, then and, and then they miss and it becomes very frustrating and you just want to punch your computer in the face grenades are a lot more useful this time around too yeah oh, grenades are wonderful because they're the only thing that really deals with enemy armor and blowing up cover yeah yeah uh the the cover destruction and uh armor shredding on grenadiers means you will probably want to take at least one with you at all times yeah i usually prefer to have two yeah i typically ran I, I, on my successful run i ran with two yeah um one of the things that is also you have to eventually figure out is like what classes have good ways to deal with mechs. And there, there are previously I ran into problems with it, but I realized I wasn't making full use of everything that I could make use of. Uh, when you unlock blue screen rounds and things like that, then it, they become a lot easier to deal with. Because the basically the um, actually the previous game I don't think the previous game had these. Um, you can research um, special armor types which go into an accessory slot, um, and they deal about either things like uh, bonus stat or like one of them's increased crit chance and uh, increased damage on crits. Uh, one of them deals um, substantially more damage to robotic enemies, which I stick on a uh, grenadier for their shredding ability. Um, there's also one which sets enemies on fire, and there's another one which poisons enemies. People in, in addition, chat are wondering, did you actually say blue, sc blue screen rounds? And yes, he did. That is one of the most important upgrades you will get in this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are actually called blue screen rounds in-game. <laughs> and they are extremely useful. Yeah. I do like the, the ranger class. I like that little uh, melee attack they have. Where oh, early in the game, it's Reaper, really powerful. Reaper, Reaper. <laughs> yeah, Rangers, in my opinion, are OP in this game. Like, the, just the melee sword class, everything about their sword, all the upgrades related to it, no matter which way you go, they're all insanely useful and, and happy, and they will save you much frustration. Their the shotguns like to crit a lot, too. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I also like the weapon upgrade stuff they have in this one that's really cool yeah because you gotta you gotta make your weapons tactical tour you can go and pick up mods off the ground and then mod your weapons uh, that's something that was added and that's a really nice touch any further customization and 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 such of your your XCOM soldiers is always a good thing in my opinion mm, and there are mods that allow you to like increase the amount of customization as well yeah like new berets, headsets, helmets, like all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, I should get some of those. Yeah, you probably should. I need to like find anime cat that sits on your head or something like that. <laughs> I bet you they have that. XCOM 2, it's a good game. It's a good game. They need to patch the performance issues. <laughs> oh, I've really I've really screwed this up. <laughs> Uh, this could get a little irritating. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm on this. I just found this run through's first sphere. Oh, yeah. Just reload. <laughs> I feel bad for lol whoops. Yeah, I'm sorry, lol, uh, Robert. 
why you must not be happy right now having to sit oh, through this. Oh, I'm listening to everything you guys are saying. It's just I don't play. Like, the you don't play these games. games. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, why'd just, you interrupt my Digimon? Yeah, I'm actually just like right before the last boss, just getting like thirty, forty thousand experience per battle. That's all I'm doing right now. I'm just trying oh. to get the last few Digimon that I want. You mean you've actually you've actually got that far already? Jesus. Um. I'm still... Uh, just a sec. I'm gonna go to the save screen and I will tell you something. He's been playing um, it for like eighty hours. No, eighty-eight hours, twenty-one minutes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's yeah, just been... over a week. <laughs> eighty-eight hours. Been... How many Digimon do you have? Um, I think right now I've got about hundred and eighty. Oh my gosh! Oh, uh, yeah, because I'm on like chapter five. Although I have been playing for like uh, twenty hours. Yeah, I found it really easy to just like put something on on my computer and just grind for money or whatever. I don't know. I just sit there. I don't even have to look at the thing. I was playing Hearthstone while doing this at the same time. It's just... Well, that's a know. good idea. So let's explain how this game works for people. So I'm going to... I've played this some, but I'm going to ask you some questions as though I haven't. Is this right. like a Phoenix Wright game because it's a sleuth game, detective game? No, no, not okay. even a little. Is there any sort of detectiving or sleuthing in this game whatsoever? The closest thing to that would be uh, you take cases and you go and do stuff, but normally it just involves either beating someone up or finding an item. Is it not true? And I'm, I'm sorry, now this is turning into a cross-examination. Is it not true that these cases are more like accepting quests from a quest board? Oh, yes, there are definitely quests from a quest board. Is there they basically, it's called cases. Cyber Sleuth is more of a trappings of the game than any sort of actual cyber sleuthing going on whatsoever. Well, technically, you find the answers to mysteries and all this other stuff yeah. just because of the... Um, it's all baked into the story rather than into yeah. any sort of... So it's not something that you're going to do by going out of your way. It's just something that's going to happen as you do the story. Yeah, so... And instead of having any sort of detectiving sequences where you have to put together mysteries yourself, it's more like, do these quests, which involve running around and beating things up with your Digimon, am I right? Yes, pretty And much. then uh, you will uncover truths and answers, and then go collect more Digimon, uh, digivolve them, because you can't just say evolve, that would be like Pokemon, so digivolve them, or digi-de-evolve them, and then digi-re-evolve no, them. it's digivolve Whatever! I can't yeah. keep that straight! <laughs> And then uh, level up more. So this is really more of a Pokemon type game than a than any sort of special like mystery solving game. And is the impression I've been getting from it. It um, is uh, definitely like a, like what you would expect from a JRPG that involves monster collecting. Okay, I think yeah. it's more along the lines of something like a not quite as mature as um, you know the Shin Megami Tensei games, but more than Pokemon. So it's kind of in the middle there. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of comparisons with um, Shin Megami Tensei with this game. Although yeah. some of that's probably understandable considering they have uh, one of the character designers from it on this project. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff in there that you would notice that uh, seems like it takes a little bit from that series as opposed to something like Pokemon where it's really shallow and very... Uh, I don't want to say anything bad about Pokemon because I love the series, but 
I'm not going in for the story. No. I, I, I get that. So my problem is that I, I feel like I enjoy the monster collecting and leveling up choices you make in a Pokemon game and just how attached you become to your favorite monsters in the game more than in this Digimon game where it just feels like the quantities and the scale of how many Digimon you're dealing with and evolution choices you're dealing with kind of watered down um, how much you care about the ones that you have. Well, Does that I make any know. sense? I, I don't know. I don't think that, like, because uh, basically you can take almost any Digimon and go to almost any other thing, any other one. So if you just wanted to take your one guy and get every good move that you possibly could just to make them like a super, super Digimon or whatever. Okay. You couldn't stick with just one. Like, I've had the same guy. He went from being Were-Gururumon to... Um, oh, jeez. He's been yeah. almost everything that, Yeah, those names... <laughs> Every name has to end in Mon, so everything sounds the same. Um, no, they don't really sound the same, but they do uh, get really annoying. Like <laughs> Imperial Dramon FM. What? Uh, he's on my team right now. Imperial Dramon FM. Yeah, I, it, Shine Greymon. There's there's so many different Greymons. There's he's so many. really popular in Japan, that's why. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, basically, um, Agumon, which evolves, has uh, two major evolution paths, is like the mascot of the entire series. So That's the little he, Tyrannosaurus, right? Yep. Yeah, who the main character in the first animated series has one, and then the main character in the fifth anime series also has one that evolves into different things, and both of them are really popular. There's also a, a, a Blue Greymon. I, I have had a Blue Greymon. <laughs> That's just weird. I like but when you get I to have. start to things. You get to things like um, Mega Black War Greymon X. Well, thankfully the X ones aren't in this game. Oh, they aren't. That okay. Things, that would make things really complicated. Yes, yes, it would. So, I also have been playing Digimon, um, but as you might have guessed, I am nowhere near that far. So I've put about four hours of di into Digimon myself. How many hours you put in, Alice? Uh, Twenty. Twenty. Okay. But that's because I joined the. Uh, there is a rather some rather ridiculous EXP grinding tricks you can do quite early in the game. Oh so really? So I basically spent a lot of time doing that. How do I do that? Okay, so the most well-known option is on uh, during chapter four. Um, you'll receive a request for from. Um, a Hagurumon, which is the little one of the little clock ones, uh, inside an air conditioner. Uh, and there's course. a dungeon, and there's a small dungeon inside there. However, the, the <laughs> oh, the is that dungeon, why everything's cold? I have to go figure that out now, actually. Uh, it's kind of connected to that, yeah. Okay, but um, basically, inside there, you'll start finding um, uh, like Greymon, uh, Doru, Greymon, uh, Peckmon. And they give out more EXP than what you, what you would have found in the dungeons up to that point. Oh yeah, I remember finding that. I was there for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, so they they give out like a thousand EXP per, when previously you've been fighting battles that maybe give you three hundred. Okay. But yeah. that's not the major EXP grind. What you oh, then do really? is you get uh, you evolve a Digimon called Platinum Sukamon, which is uh, a platinum covered poop. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, and that has a, a, a passive ability that grants you a 100% EXP bonus if it's in the active party. 
Now, the thing is, is this ability stacks with itself. So you could get three of these. So instead of earning uh, 1,000 EXP for a battle, you're now earning like 4,000 EXP for a battle. But how do I put... If I put three in my party, that's all three slots. Yeah, but um, uh, part, uh, Digimon in your reserve party gain full EXP even if they're not switched into combat. Oh, Okay. Um, and so I have so I fill all the reserve slots with these poop, and then I get twenty thousand. No, no, because the it, the ability is only for the the active party. So the three in the active slots. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then uh, the other half of that is um, you gain you use the digi farm, which um, you can use to uh, either train your Digimon so they get like passive EXP gain uh, while they're placed in the farm and stuff like that. It's a bit like placing Pokemon in daycare. Yeah. But also um, it has a mode where you can ask, you could basically get your farm to develop items for you. Um, so what you do is you fill, fill up a farm. So 10 Digimon, set the leader to Brainy, uh, give them some an item called developer know-hows, which increases um, the speed in which they make items. And now, then you save scum like crazy. Uh, so basically what you can do is the development time for the Digifarm is about 30 minutes. You make a save 29 minutes in, and then just basically reload until you get the item that you want. The item that you want is something called Tactician USB, and you get two of those every time you, you get that on the drop table. Have you written a guide um, for this? Because this is really no, involved. I'm, I'm reading the guides for it. I've been reading oh, the guides for it. Okay. However, then what you then do is... You need is to you link it just, me to it. You just equip those, and then that also increases the amount of EXP that you gain. And I have four of those, and most people would recommend getting like nine or ten. And you just equip those on all your Digimon. And then yeah, you I uh, so, managed to so, get a whole crap load then, of those. Oh, and so you do that with the platinum, and then you're yep. getting a bazillion XP. Yeah. So for any, for I was then fighting battles that would ordinarily give me 1,000 EXP a shot, mm -hmm. and they were then giving me something like 16,000. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So um, you could take a, a Digimon like fresh out of the like fresh out of the the Digilab. I'm going to put the word digi at the start of everything. It's just how it is. Um, yeah. And you can t do one battle and they'll be level 29 or something in one go. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. And so now, now you got the DLC poke, uh, Pokemon. You got the DLC Digimon, right? Yes. Like the ones that give you kind of for free, which is like one that's dressed like the boy, one that's dressed like the girl, uh, and a couple black ones and whatever. Are any of those good? Uh, you might want to consider holding on to the uh, the black Agumon and the uh, black is it Gabumon, I think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, because if you evolve those, you can um, you can fuse them together to create um, Omnimon, black Omnimon. Oh yeah. Or yeah. What's um, I don't know what that is, but that sounds cool. Uh, well, because it also is how you get black War Greymon as well who was a major antagonist in the second anime. Someone might want to correct me on that one. This is, I mean, basically the whole game is set up as like a nostalgia visit for people who watched this, this, the, like the older series when they were younger. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like a massive fan of the third series, for example. And I think all of the Digimon that appeared in that bar one are in this. I think. Okay. That works for me. 
Oh. So Tig's Panther is saying, I got to buy this game. But I don't know if they're talking. Oh, they're talking about Digimon. All right. Um, <laughs> so, Anna, does this make you more interested in playing the game yourself? I mean, the problem is mostly finding where I'm going to fit it into my gaming schedule. Hmm. Because I've kind of been playing different stuff than everybody else this week. So I finished uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam, and that was fantastic. Um, I feel like Neo Bowser's Castle dragged a little too much. There was just too many things that were going on there. Um, and honestly, I didn't realize or I didn't think about the fact that I could have made it a lot shorter just by changing the game to easy for a little bit so <laughs> I could plow through Everyone's all the Everyone's cheating. Well, not everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I should have done that because I kind of felt like it was an hour too long. And if I had just changed everything to easy and just plowed through the enemies that were there, that would have cut an hour off easily. But I really liked Paper Jam. I have so few complaints about it. Um, that I kind of think it's my favorite Mario and Luigi game. And my previous favorite Mario and Luigi game was like Dream Team. So so have you talked about Paper Jam at all on the show yet? No, probably not. Um, no, because I think when I started came out, playing yeah. it, we were on our two-week break. So Mario and Luigi Paper Jam is um, a kind of silly game. Basically, Luigi knocks a book off of a shelf and all of the paper mario universe comes tumbling oh, out oh luigi i know <sighs> well in in his defense a no. ghost scared him if anyone should be able to deal with ghosts it should be luigi don't you think <laughs> no yeah. no history has shown us that there is one thing that luigi cannot possibly handle and it is most certainly ghosts mm. So, yeah, it was kind of fantastic. Um, I do have some, like, really minor complaints. Like, so there's a whole bunch of little mini games that you have to do to retrieve all of the paper toads because they're big cowards and they're hiding. And as well done as they are, I find that they feel a little shoehorned in. And it's kind of a departure from where Dream Team and Bowser's Inside Story went because all of the mini games are kind of brainy. They do require some thought put into them. Whereas Dream Team and Bowser's Inside Story, you could kind of just throw yourself at the problem and eventually you would get it. I don't know if that makes sense when I say it that way. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So that was very different. And I think that people who enjoyed um, Bowser's Inside Story may not necessarily like Paper Jam because they're very different games. Whereas I didn't like Bowser's Inside Story. I got about 80% of the through and I'm like, you know what? I'm not having fun playing this. I'm not going to play it anymore. Um, so yeah, that took me um, about 27 hours. And that was really fun. And then... Um, because I have some time between now and when Fire Emblem comes out on Friday, I decided to finally pick up, um, Atelier, Eska, and Logi Plus. So I've had this on the Vita since the day it came out, and then, um, I had a trip and couldn't play it. So that was fun. I'm up to assignment four. I've played it for about 12 hours at this point. 
Um, there are some definite balance changes and um, when you recruit character changes from the first one. So like, I think that there was a, a character that I got very early this game that I think it was a DLC character. And also you get to play Neo, who is um, a character from uh, Aisha, the previous game. It's the sister of Aisha. Mm -hmm. She's kind of like the main plot point in Aisha. Cool. So, yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know if it's me because I've played the, the non-plus version, but, like, the first couple assignments seemed so much easier to handle than last time. I felt like I ran out of time to do everything that I wanted to do in assignment two last time. And this time I was like, oh, I'm done assignment two and every, uh, and all the optional content. So yeah, I'm also spending a lot more money on. So one of the things that they add to this game is you can do experiments. And so experiments let you um, sort of tune your character's overall growth the way that you want to. So for example, you can increase um, combat experience, you can increase um, crafting experience, you can increase your capabilities in crafting better specific sub items. So you can increase your um, like ingredients, you can increase your food, you can increase your bombs. And then because you have sort of more experience or you've specialized in those, you can make better bombs and they'll have more stats on them and they might have special um, abilities on them that you couldn't otherwise unlock. And so um, I've really been focusing on increasing my basket size so that I don't have to go back to town so often. But yeah, it's an Atelier game. I decided to play as Loji this time. You have slightly different scenes depending on whether you're Eska or Loji. Um, and then some of the scenes are the same. So I'm up to assignment four. This is as far as I got in the PS3 playthrough that I did. So I'm kind of excited to keep playing it today. And then I've also been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm, but I've talked about that in, pa in past podcasts. So I probably won't go into again. I've also been playing a ton of Shop Heroes, which is, um, it's kind of like Reseteer, but kind of not. So you're running a shop and you have to craft items and then you sell the items and you can get um, um, characters that go out and do dungeons for you. And those characters bring back um, crafting items that are only available in the dungeons and then you use those to create more craftable equipment. And there's like, a, there's stats on all of your people that are working in your shop and so you can make a good version of an item or a great version of an item, and those are worth more, and they have better stats on them. Um, it is a very repetitive game, so Chris doesn't no. like it, and I do. <laughs> An atelier game being very repetitive? No, no, no. I'm talking about Shop Heroes. Oh, I'm sorry. I got lost because it sounded like you were describing the same thing. Sorry. Okay. No, I'm talking about Shop Heroes now. Right. I'm sorry. I stopped playing that. Yes. Because it was very repetitive. Yes. But I enjoy it. I finally hit I level know. 30, which meant I spent a, an embarrassing amount of money to get um, a special craftsman. And I am enjoying the game even more because it basically opened up all of the equipment that I couldn't do 
because I didn't have the right people to do it with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've been playing a ton of that and that's kind of all that I've been playing. Um, I'm definitely going to be playing Fire Emblem when it comes out on Friday, and I might be playing a mystery game by next weekend. A I, mystery game. But I don't think I can say what it is yet. Oh. All right. But I got an email about it today, so I'm kind of stoked. It's a game that I've been looking forward to, so I'll leave it at that, and people can guess if they want. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. Um, let's see. Alice finished. Did I fin? I didn't even come close to finishing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I've played a few games. <laughs> um, I put some time into Shadow Complex, which I don't think I talked about. Um, is the whole name Shadow Complex? Yeah. Okay. I felt like there was a a precursor to that name. No. Uh, so I played some Shadow Complex, which is like Metroid, but more modern and lots of blowing up of machines and, and stuff. That's a really fun game, but um, I'm not going to wax poetic on it for right now. But I hear that Metroid doesn't crawl, and I hear that's an issue. <laughs> uh, not an issue in this game. Okay. But uh, you don't Can need you to crawl. crawl. No, okay. you, you basically, the, the hook on this game is you're building your own little super suit as you go through it. And Ooh. you keep getting more and more abilities as you find your super suit. And it, it's pretty good. And every time you unlock one, you're like, oh, I'm awesome. Now I'm even more awesome. Oh, now I'm even more awesome, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I need to finish the game. It's not that long, so I just need to sit down and do it. But, you know, XCOM 2. Um, I uh, played through Invisible Ink. Did I talk about that last time? Um, I don't think so. That's like a tactical RPG, but a roguelike. That um, doesn't sound like It a good feels very similar to XCOM 2 in, in many aspects, um, except without... Um, I mean, there is progression and upgrades and stuff. It's just that, um, you know, the whole experience is a shorter experience. And uh, I played that on baby mode. Um, it, it allows you to set up custom games where you make things easier for yourself. I didn't have to use mods or cheating. It was all in-game options, so I felt better about that. But, um, yeah, I should definitely play it through in a harder difficulty um, because then you get that wonderful satisfaction of actually beating the last mission and it was like hard and stuff. Whereas for me, it was like I had a lot of help. Um, it is a really good game and it's really fun. I like the graphical style. I like um, it's all tactical RPG style combat and, you know, turn orders and action points. And between missions, you can kind of upgrade your your stats of your people and, and, and the equipment and stuff that they have. Um, very, very good game. Highly recommend it. Um, just take all that stuff we applied to, to XCOM except without the performance issues and being a shorter experience. So um, it's all about making a full run and getting through the last mission and finishing that. And then the doors are wide open for a sequel to that game. So I'm really hoping they do that. Um, and more of a stealth game than uh, the other games than XCOM. Whereas XCOM, stealth is kind of punished um, by, you know, eventually you get flanked on both sides by enemies that you ignored earlier on the map. Uh, here in Invisible Ink, its stealth is extremely, extremely important, so much so that the game's called Invisible Ink. So, Ink being incorporated, not Ink, like Ink. So, totally recommend it. Go check it out. I finished Punch Club on iOS. Um, that game's ending is weird. I don't even think I fully understand it. Um, I don't think you're supposed to. It's just supposed to be weird 80s anime or we weird 80s animation, like 
half explained cutscenes and plot dumps. Adrian. Yeah, and then all the references and stuff. The game was fun. Uh, it was way too grindy. It needs to be shorter experience, but whatever. They finally put the patch out on iOS that put a lot of the fixes that they put in the PC version. So um, if you were waiting for that patch, it's out. It makes the game way more playable because it fixes some major oversights that cause the game to be even more grindy than it had to be. So um, either PC or iOS, they, they've, they've tuned that a lot better. Um, it's, it was still a fun game, um, it, you know, just for being one of those like short time games that you play where it's like, I want to get some stats in an area and just kind of have the gaming experience condensed to kind of watching the numbers go up. Um, so, uh, it's not an idle game by any means, but it is a, uh, it's a fun game to just kind of progress through. Um, I think it could be less grindy still, but I did finish it and, um, I think, uh, it was satisfying enough. Um, we've been playing Final Fantasy Explorers, Anna. No, I've been playing Final Fantasy Explorers. Yep. Still with Michael and Chrissy. Um, they, we've just been progressing through. We're on four. I'm on four star quest now and starting to hit some walls. Um, when I'm with them, I get to get through those walls more easily. So, <laughs> uh, game gets um, grindy. I'll say that, and uh, not a satisfying way. Monster Hunter, in my opinion, is way more satisfying. So, I think I don't know. I don't know how much I'm going to stick with Final Fantasy Explorers. Mm. Let's see. Jeez, I played too much, Anna. Um, and I'll t- well, actually, I'm going to save that one for next week because I'll have more salient progress in it. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Whoo, Jonathan. So is that was that Poe? Is that Pillars or is that Path? That's Pillars, and I'm going to save it. Ah, uh, okay. For Always obvious see. reasons. <laughs> gotcha. Me, uh, besides XCOM 2, which I've put in a good check of hours on, um, I picked up and started playing Helldivers. With, uh, is that any friend. fun? I have that. It is fun. And if you have it on Steam, you can join in some of our gaming. It's, 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 oh, uh, I have it on PS4 and Vita because... You uh, know. Yeah, it's a PSN thing. Yeah. yeah, I probably have it on that too. But I got it on, on PC, Steam, so I could easierly play with my friends who have it on Steam. Okay. So... I got it for me and my brother so we could play. He could play as well. But I played it last night, actually, for about four hours. So, and it was, it's, it's it is actually, you could, we could probably cover it. It's, you you level up your character. So, it, I mean, it's an RPG in a sense. I thought uh, we did cover it. We, did we? We should. Yeah. I, I, we may not we have, but we have, probably I'm, should. Yeah. yeah it, it, I mean, it, it could, it could fall under the RPG gamer umbrella, but yeah. it's kind of like a, a an overhead twin stick style shooter um it, it gets it can get a bit crazy and it's uh it's probably not as fun to play by yourself i did a few missions by yourself and it can get pretty repetitive but with a group and playing on harder difficulties with a lot more chaos going on you can shoot each other you can actually blow each other up so you got to be careful and uh you just you know you go around you you get dropped in you have your character uh you know one of four characters on the, sc- on the screen so you can't it's not split screen or anything. You don't have your own view. You all share the same screen, kind of old school fashion, where uh, if one of them's too far towards the edge, it'll kind of lock you in place. So you kind of you have to move together as a group, and you have a main weapon, a uh, backup weapon, and some extra uh, little uh, support items you can call down. So you um, you hold a button, and then you do a, a series of uh, up, down, left, right arrows. Up, up, uh, down, down, left, right, left, right, base start. That kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. No. So, but you, so 
some things require just a few, some require more, and then you call that down and you throw it down, and then they send you like uh, some extra ammo, or you call down a, a special gun. Uh, you can have four different types of call downs uh, uh, equipped on your guy, and then also you you go to different um, objectives, like one of them is to to get these SAM sites up and running or defend the space. But when you get the SAM sites up and running, you gotta run your character over to the display hit you know uh, uh acknowledge and then do a series of uh arrow presses that show up on the screen and while you're doing this you're, you're completely vulnerable to attack so you kind of have to be defended by your buddies but it definitely takes a big uh, uh starship troopers um uh feel to it and they, they kind of use that as homage i believe as far as uh the, it's kind of cheesy and goofy and uh but also you know you're fighting all the big bugs and and you got your uh machine gun stuff but it's it's a lot of fun with friends i, I think definitely needs to be played multiplayer so oh i, I enjoyed it well, you're bumming me out now because i have like this free version with like the i don't even know what it's called there's some subtitle and like free stuff that they bundle with it and like yeah. now i gotta buy it on steam instead is that sale it, still going on on steam it was not anymore oh just, no i bought it in the sale, sale yeah. done is that how you bought it? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Now it's twenty bucks plus eight thousand three dollar DLC packs. Yeah, and then you could have gotten the whole DLC pack for like. Listen. Oh, I'm gonna. Oh, <laughs> I'm not playing that game with you. Is what that means. <laughs> Bro, yeah, you're probably gonna have to wait a little while. But uh, yeah, I mean, you can see who's on PSN, but uh, I think you can, <laughs> what sort you can of only... losers are playing it on PSN? <laughs> no, I mean, I it's know. a free, it's a, the free way, but it's, uh, you definitely want to play with a controller. I think I had some of my friends not playing with playing mouse and keyboard and it, it was, uh, was kind of tough, but well, I'll tell you what I was looking forward to was playing it on the Vita. That could be cool. I figured it'd be cool, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The thing is that if you're playing by yourself, I guess maybe if you get really powerful upgrades in the future, you can do harder missions, but I, I think it'd be hard to do anything but the easy missions by yourself because mm. I think the, the amount of enemies would just be overwhelming to play it. And there's certain enemies where you kind of have to get them to come at one guy and then get behind him because they're armored in the front. And you have to hit him in the ass. And I, I don't know how you would do that by yourself. Mm-hmm. But you can do other cool things like drop down and get in like a mech suit and you walk around this walking mech suit. And that's really awesome. Blow shit up. So. I had a lot of fun with it. I'll probably keep playing. I could see how it could get repetitive after a while, but uh, I guess that's where the multiplayer aspect comes in. So you're just kind of having a something you can play casually with some friends, you know, at a night. Uh, I also will talk about it here from, uh, I think, uh, Wheels, but I played the Division beta uh, on PC. I think they have a, another beta, this open beta this weekend. I got in on the closed beta a couple weekends ago. Yeah, we actually just put up um, an impression for that um, yep. last night. Yep. Yeah. I'll give my impression that maybe a little bit. See, I want to hear your impression. I'm not going to read we, his. Wheels is a big uh, um, Destiny fan, and this game is very similar to Destiny in a lot of ways. So I was not much of a Destiny fan, and a lot of that being is I've played a bunch of MMOs, so I think Destiny felt like a watered down shooter mixed with a watered down MMO to give it a, you know, an inferior experience overall. I have, I pre-ordered the division despite these, um, 
issues I, I may have with it thinking it's going to be like Destiny, but a lot of my friends who I play with online are getting it, so I was like, well, if they're going to be playing it, I'm probably going to want to play it too. So, but it, it it's a it's a third person shooter where you it's kind of open world. And it's a uh, disease plague New York City that's like sectioned off, and you get inserted in there to try to restore order. Uh, I played, I didn't play all the way through the beta. I played some, uh, but it's kind of okay here, go to this area, do this quest, uh, you can get this weapon upgrade, run back to your base, set up your base more. you can kind of drop in and out with play with other people you see just walking around. So it's got that it's, it's more integrated than like destiny where you have to like hub together with people and then, and then select a place you're going. You, you kind of roam and walk around and there's just people there in in the division. And so you kind of, you can kind of pick up and drop in with people that, that way is pretty easily, easily done. Uh, I think the problem that's going to hurt it is the combat isn't all that, sharp for a shooter so after playing something like rainbow six siege which i've been playing a lot i've been talking about and then playing that the combat just seems a little looser and and the the enemy ai is terrible at least from what i've seen so far they're just kind of run around and you just pick them off but i uh there's also a this dark area you can go into which may add a, a a level of annoyance and and also fascination for a lot of people where you can go rogue and start killing each other and then if you kill other people in the dark area you can take some of their loot uh loot that they've gotten in the dark area so you can go out and do quests out there get loot kill other people and steal their loot but if you go rogue you alert yourself to everyone else and they can find you on the map and hunt you down so there could be there's a lot of PvP, and I guess that that kind of would feel a little bit, um, what is uh, Eve like, uh, Eve light maybe, to where you, you have that anyone can kill you and you lose your shit aspect to it. So I, I could see how some people really get into that aspect of the game, but I, I'm hoping it gets a lot of content because I could see it getting old and boring really fast, like fun for a couple weeks, and I'm like, you know, I've seen everything this game has to offer. It's the same stuff over and over again, and I get tired of it. So. Hopefully it has a lot of varied content, and that that could keep it keep it moving. But we shall see, I guess. I think Wheels is probably a little more overall positive than I was about. How do you, it. So I mean, do you like the loot factors? Is that good? I I could see it being cool, um, especially if you play with a group of buddies that kind of you help protect each other, um, and that 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 adds a. Yeah, it could piss you off if you lost your stuff, but it also adds that tension to it that most MMOs protect you from. You know, where something like Eve does not where, hey, I got this expensive ship and it just gets blown up and it's gone. Or they steal my stuff. So that that that's there's that level of uh finality and and loss in there that you, you don't see elsewhere, which is kinda cool, which is but could also be really frustrating. You know, I just did all this and wasted my time. What the hell am I doing? You know, if you right. lose your stuff. But uh I could, I'll be uh Oh, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say, oh, there's something new that came to Eve this week that I'll probably mention during the news section. Okay. You just reminded me. Cheers. <laughs> All right. I did my duty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but would, would you uh, kind of agree there, Alice, about uh, the losing your, your stuff aspect of it? I guess is that that's part of kind of alluring thing about Eve for a lot of people. Um, 
Well, I mean, for a lot of people, it's kind of like more of a kind of um, I can make somebody else lose their loot. And a lot of people yeah. don't plan for when when the tables turn on them. But, well, that's just the game. And the the, the, the frequent statement made by uh, people in EVE is don't fly where you can't afford to lose. <laughs> but what if that's all I have left? It's well, not. that's your but, problem. You know, there's always a starter ship, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the division has an open beta this week, so I don't know. I, I don't think you have to pre-order it to get a beta key, since it's open beta. I think the last one was a closed beta, but I, I could be wrong. So, uh, this is the weekend to check it out if you're interested in it. Um, I've also played. You know, I've still been playing Rocket League, Rainbow Six, Fire Emblem. Still need to beat Fire Emblem before the new one comes out. These other games have slowed me down. We're looking at UXCOM. <laughs> Uh, I did check out another cool game, which you probably will like, Chris. You, uh -oh. you need to go check, play the demo for it. It's a Kickstarter. Uh-oh. So I know some of you don't like that, but uh, I think they followed me on Twitter and said, hey, check this out. So you know, I just went over there just to have a look, and they have a playable demo. So I was like, all right, I'll play this playable demo, see what they have to offer. They say it's one to two hours. I think it took me just over an hour to do it. But What's it called? Or where do I Shadows go? Shadows of Adam. Shadows and of Adam. And if you Adam. follow, I have a, in the news section at the bottom, I have a link for the Kickstarter. By something classic. Yes. And they, basically, they, they have they, most of the they game failed. It's not over Oh, yet. it's still kickstarting. Okay. Yep. It's got a little less than a week. Shadows so. of Adam with uh, fake NES pack, SNES packaging on here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely takes uh, homage to old you know, like Final Fantasy VI and four and uh, other Super Nintendo RPGs. But uh, after playing the demo, I was I enjoyed it. I was, hey, I want to play more. I, I wanted to keep going, and it sucked that I couldn't. This looks so, like it could be good. It, it is. I like and the it, look of it. Yeah, I like it that they're almost done. It's not like this pipe dream concept that they haven't really worked on, so you give them money, and it takes three years, and it fails, and it never happens. This, it look, I think they're mostly done. They just need extra help finishing off assets, doing some music, I think. And, uh, yeah, basically that, polishing the game. Uh, the demo has a few little errors here and there uh, that I, I saw a couple, but they weren't bad. But the overall style and the smoothness in which it ran and, and the, the gameplay was a lot of fun. So you might want to just check out the play the demo. Ah, the demo See. plays in browser. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It's so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And it, it definitely, it's... Uh, you, oh. The combat's kind of uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, or but more complex. Not that easy, but I'm saying the layout and the style where you see the backs of your guys and the enemies are kind of you're looking at the enemies instead of you know the side Final Fantasy view. Right. So that that's how the the combat is, and you you uh, Dragon Quest style, right? Yes, Dragon Quest. I should mm -hmm. say, yeah. So it's it's. So the, all right, we, it's a Kickstarter, so we've got got a couple of things to cover here. So, mm -hmm. Kickstarter, they want twenty thousand. They're at eleven five, eleven thousand five hundred with only five days left to go. Not a good sign. Um, they the description is a new retro age JRPG with innovative gameplay for the modern era, gorgeous art, music to remember, and a story you'll never forget. Okay, for one dollar, you get their thanks. Um, for 12 bucks, you get a copy of the game. So that's where you get the game is at 12. And then for $1,500, this is still available. You get a digital copy of the game, a digital copy of the soundtrack, a digital copy of the player's guide, your name in the credits as Master Artificer, um, exclusive access to the Backers Guild, 
design an NPC, and you get to design a dungeon. And they are estimating the game will come out in August. So Yeah. If you play the... I, I see that happening, because if you play the demo, unless I just haven't... They've only done the demo that... The, it's a very it's a playable game so i think it looks like they're almost there this looks like i i mean i don't know what the story is well written or not that's the last piece right the um, writing seemed decent okay. and uh, it's kind of charming kind of quirky at some point so it wasn't bad but again i only played an hour so how much can you really see how mm. much how well you know do the the plots and the characters develop and who knows so now it's nice that they have a demo so go check that out um i'm wonder, you know interesting uh, yeah. All right. So Shadows of Adam over on Kickstarter. You should uh, add this to the calendar for this week. Yeah, I should. I'll have to. All right. We have a gaming calendar. I know. <laughs> well, the Kickstarter will be over by next week. Yeah, but the demo will still be up, I assume. Yeah, but what's the point if the game fails? Are they going to well, do it either way? I think line? they're going to try. Uh, how well it may delay them, I don't know. I guess that, that we'd have to ask them, but I think. Uh, reading some of their stuff in the Kickstarter that they're going to try anyway, but this will help them finish it. But who knows? All right. They've been working on it a while, supposedly. Cool. Whew. And you are, it says you are playing Fire Emblem in here. Is that true? Yeah, I've been playing it. I've been talking about it the last few years. I've been slowly the Game playing Boy Advance it. Game? Oh, yeah. not the new one. No. Oh, I, I will right. be playing that one. We but. do? I think we have someone on staff that's playing it. But I'm not sure that we can actually say that yet. I'm sure we'll have, yeah, I'm sure someone's lined up to review it. It's not Adrian. <laughs> what? You laugh when you say that. Why? Um, he did a huge rant on Twitter this morning about how removing the skinship is censorship and he won't buy it or bravely default. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's censorship. That's. Oh, oh. Oh, let's not get into it Do we want to have this argument? Not yet. Not yet. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Which is funny because um, Wheels is like one week before I get to play the Fire Emblem version without the shitty skinship minigame. Well, I think it's only censorship and the government doesn't does it, right? Oh, no. If we're going to have this debate, we're going to plan a whole (laughs) week around it. So let's shelve this conversation. And we maybe, maybe we'll come back to it if people really want us to have the debate. Because the problem is, is basically everybody on this podcast agrees with, or at least doesn't care with it being taken out. And if we're going to do it, we need to have people who do care. Mm. Those well, people I are wrong. Have, I understand oh. wanting to have the original game and, and not, you know, whitewash it or, or protect it from us or whatever, but... I also think if if a developer or publisher does it themselves, they're just they're that's their decision. That's not censorship is, is when someone comes out and says you must remove this stuff from your game or you can't have it out. Well, and um, of course the counter argument to that is Intelligent Systems, while second technically a second party developer, has had Nintendo tell them to take it out. But again, no, we're not going down this rabbit hole. New conversation. <laughs> Gosh, no. Moving on, please, please. Um, one thing, I don't play Japanese games, so I actually have no clue how the Japanese game is. So when I get a game like that, um, it's just it's the game to me. I, that's how I look at it, right? Well, and that's kind of the situation that I'm in. It's like, yeah, sometimes I'm disappointed that there is content that is cut, but at the same time, I don't read Japanese. 
Yeah, so I just I, play I, whatever game I said, they give me. I do, but I solved this problem by having a Japanese 3DS and stuff. <laughs> Hey, I said you could always put your money where your mouth is. Learn a little bit of Japanese. I mean, learning a language is good. I keep saying this to Chris. There are upsides to learning languages that aren't playing video games. Nani? What? Lies. Exactly. exactly. Seriously, learn a language. It will do you some good. Okay. I said no. Well, I mean, if you're really that bothered about this, learn a language. It will do you some good. Seriously. I can understand not having I can understand not having the money to buy an import console because, you know, import consoles are expensive. I get that. But at the very least, learn a little bit of Japanese, learn some Chinese, learn something. Learn. It's an important thing. Is there anything that anybody's been playing we haven't touched yet? No, I'd say I'll discuss the Eve thing when we do uh, news. Okay. Hey Chris. Yes, dear. I think it is time for the news. No, what about what about Robert? He, um, he talked about Digimon. Digimon. Oh, that was it. Uh, I have he played eighty hours. hours of it this week. Do you <laughs> Listen. think he really played anything else? Um, I actually, I, I've been playing uh, Stella Glow too. Ha ha! Wait, Stella Glow? No. Yeah. <laughs> Not more Stella Glow. Yeah, I was interested in what you were saying about you know stabbing in like the the the, the neck thingy. They're not stabbing it. He's like it's taking a crystal a and shoving it into ball. another crystal. Yeah. When a boy really likes a girl, he takes his crystal and puts it in hers. <laughs> and starts singing. That, that's... That is that's... the best description. Chris, the podcast title needs to be When a Boy Likes a Girl. Okay. When a boy likes a girl. Okay. So we're, we're done. It's time to move on to news. Yes. Okay. I'm calling it. All right. Whew. All right. The first headline for the week of February 13th. There's a new game called Lie-Eat, L-I-E-A-T, where you play as a lie-eating dragon princess. And it is um, uh, being put out by Playism, of course. It'll be put on Steam in the near future. And the... It's a Japanese indie developer and illustrator, Miwa Shiba, and that's that's really all I know. Her name is Elfina. She's a dragon, and she's a princess, and I don't know. She eats things, so whatever. She might not be a princess. Uh, I'm, I don't know where I got princess from. She's not a princess. She's just a lie-eating dragon with a bodyguard. So there you go. It's uh, three bucks, and you can uh, see you can check it out on Steam and see if you want to pre-order it. And uh, eat lies as a dragon princess in this chibi-style indie RPG. All right. Another game. We're getting uh, Seventh Dragon, finally. Seventh Dragon 3. Seventh <laughs> Who's... Dragon 3. It, t- it took us that long. We Wait, couldn't... is this really the first Seventh Dragon game we're getting? Yeah, I heard that the first one wasn't that great, though. Okay. But... Yeah, but people wanted it. Mm-hmm. You know how they are. People want Everybody wants that something that have. they don't get. Yeah, that they don't. They want what they can't have. Is <laughs> what like it comes down to. Like petting mini games. <laughs> like face petting games. Yes, absolutely. Anna. <laughs> That's how it works. All right. Well, if they so want a, a face petting game. Why don't they just go with Criminal Girls? You know. Hey, mm. and 
I I am totally with you on that one. Although you're petting things that really aren't faces. But anyways, um, so this is even though this is the third game in the Seventh Dragon series, it's a completely standalone story. You don't have to you you need to know absolutely nothing about the series. The only downside to it is I think Sega's doing the localization. Sega. And yeah. I don't know. I'll have to wait and see. That could be okay. That could be a horrendous train wreck. Yeah. I'm kind of curious why they didn't have Atlas handle this. I guess Atlas kind of has a full plate right now. It's a good question. So it's a turn-based dungeon crawler, and you have to time travel to beat dragons. And if you need to relax, you can go to the nearby cat cafe. Uh, what? What? Why is there what? What does that mean? There's a cat cafe in How, Seventh Dragon. Wh what is it? What do you do in a cat cafe? I don't know. The, it literally is. Everyone dresses up like kitty cats, and there's cats walking around. Great. So, um, it's why a 3DS game? It's going to be forty dollars, and it has a release window of summer. <laughs> Just summer. I like that summer you time travel in this game to destroy dragons um you didn't listen to anything that i said did you i'm just re-emphasizing so people understand you time travel to beat dragons in this game all right i think you're so busy playing XCOM. they're time traveling to, to beat future dragons okay and you're right all right <laughs> jonathan so there's like a bunch of path of exiles news yeah is this yep. is you play this Yes. Okay. All right. Tell so, us about the new thing. So there's a patch. No, there's yes. an expansion. Well, there's it's a the, patch. The patch comes first. It's just patch expansion. That's how they always do their stuff. It's basically their, their newest content. They and the game's like always well. free, so it's just like a, their free content they, they push out. What are you buying this game? It's all cosmetic stuff, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. And I, I'm i surprised. I guess it's interesting... Uh, economic model they have for their game because uh, like i said the game's free and you can you don't have to buy anything so you just pick it up play the entire experience um you you can get more character slots and um you can buy a bunch of different cosmetic stuff for like 15 20 bucks so uh, that's how you support the game if you, you want to financially support them but it you can pick up and play everything for free but so they this is like their expansion. They, I think they had one last year as well. Every year they seem to come out with new content expansion packs. All right. So the patch comes on the 16th. So it'll be here on Tuesday. And it adds new quests for strongholds and story time mode. I'm not sure what story time mode is. Neither no, you're, you're confused, Anna. Uh-huh. POE is Pillars of Eternity. Oh. Path oh. of Exile is Path of Exile. Oh. So don't, that's, that's not two things. You're confusing me too there. Yeah, story time mode and pillars is the... Uh, yeah, okay. well, let's, we'll no get to combat. that in a second. We'll get yeah, to that in sorry. a second. I was so confused. You have to spell these games out. Well, I it made yeah. sense when I put them together. I always <laughs> mix it. Whenever I see... That's why I ask you. Whenever I see POE, I'm like, is it pillars or path? Yeah, no. It's, it's that's, It seems like that's necessary to clarify. Um, okay, so they're adding... It looks like they're adding like little subclasses. And then probably adding more dungeons. 19 like special area. classes, each with their own skill tree, according right. to this. So this is March 4th. In ascendancy, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, and if you, you know what, Chris? You do the news. No, no, if, it's it's good. No, no. It's fine. You were doing well. You need to meet my microphone. Oh, okay. For those not as familiar with Path, 
It's like Diablo, <laughs> but it's a very um, a strong emphasis is on the skill tree and how you progress through it. As in, you can take wrong paths and just totally screw your character to where it's worthless. So you have to kind of plan that out, and you you only get very limited uh, ability to alter your path uh, in in that. So it's uh, having these new skill trees with new special classes kind of opens up a whole new world of uh, possible builds you can take. Okay, sounds good. And then. The Pillars news is cool, too. I love Pillars. I, I beat that one. All right. So Pillars of Eternity is getting its new... Um, new. It's getting the second half of its expansion, the White March, um, next week on the 16th. Um, but it's also getting patch 3.0. And that adds a lot of stuff. So there's, like, new content for the stronghold that you have, um, including, like, a quest line where you have to defend it. Um, you get optional injuries that you can turn on for your companions if they go down in battle because you know you want the game to be harder i guess well they already had injuries if your guys got killed i think they added different injuries for when they get hit and get knocked down or something oh, okay great <laughs> um let's see you have um story time uh, mode. story time mode yeah how's that work because I that, thought it was just an even easier version of the game. It is. It's basically you just want to go through the story, and there's still a little bit of combat there, but it's like it's a cakewalk. I think I need that for um, XCOM. Yeah. You can want have, XCOM story time can, mode? Can I, can I have XCOM story time mode, please? <laughs> no? All right. I thought it'd be cool. Apparently not. Um, what else do you get? Uh, unique stories for the adventures and rewards for completing for the adventurers and rewards for completing them. So I guess essentially like loyalty missions from Mass Effect. Yeah, it's probably sideline uh, uh, side quests. Sorry, uh, NPC quest lines. Mm. Uh, visitors will come to seek counsel from you at your stronghold. Apparently, <laughs> uh, you get optional. Oh, I talked about that. And. Uh, Per rest and per encounter abilities are being separated on the action bar. Is that a big deal? Uh, probably not. Okay. It, for some people who are just getting used to it, it it's more of a, a visual organizational thing. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you didn't want to use your per rest item uh, on an easy fight. So this kind of separates them so you can easily see, okay, I have this many more uh, abilities I can use in this fight, whereas uh, you, you keep your per rest ones out of the way because those are a little tougher to get okay uh, a more in-depth bestiary and a rebalanced act three did act three need rebalancing the reason why the rebalancing act three especially more so now with the the uh, two new expansions that have come out is you can do some of that expansion stuff before act three so you can overpower your party before you get to Act three and make act three lose a lot of its tension and, and difficulty mm-hmm. So basically you play through the game and then it gets really easy at the end. So what they're doing is saying, hey, do you have a high level party? You can crank up the difficulty on it when you jump in. So it's just not ridiculously dumb and unbalanced. So it was actually too easy. Interesting. Even more so with the expansion because you could do the expansion before you go to the the, uh, end of the game. Right. So your guys would be over leveled, basically almost max level. Fair enough. Okay. Um, and hopefully we'll have more on that next week. Uh, 
Let's see. Sword Coast Legends is jealous of uh, Pillars of Eternity, I think. They're putting out their console version details now um, because they heard about the patch 3.0 stuff. Um, that's a joke. Nobody laughed. All right. Uh, that oh, I did, but I think my microphone is off. No, it's still on. Oh, okay. Um, I, I put it back on when Thank you, you. stop blowing your nose into the microphone. Thanks. Mm-hmm. You should feel bad. Oh, now I feel bad. I'm sorry. I love you. Sword Coast Legends, 1999 on consoles, coming out in spring 2016. We don't have an exact date. Uh, if you remember, this is the game where you get to make a dungeon full of burning horses and, um, <laughs> and piss if, off GPD. That's right. Um, if you have free DLC, if you buy the console version, I don't know if that free DLC is coming to the PC version or not. Um, this is a game that we really need to play together with RP Gamer staff, and no one has had any time to organize. Uh, oh well. We'll have to figure that out. Chris has had the time. He just hasn't had the motivation. Well, XCOM 2. Um, <laughs> we have a new monster battling RPG called Cyrilim that's out now on PS4 and Vita. Um, I don't really know much about it other than uh, <laughs> you are the monarch of the titular nation of Cyrilim, and you have procedurally generated quests and dungeons with turn-based battles involving monsters captured by you so and a castle upgrading system so uh, apparently it was already on like um pc and stuff so now it's on ps4 and p and vita and you can collect monsters and battle them and it's very indie kind of low budget but you know it looks good enough and i'm thinking that if you're into monster collecting uh you probably appreciate any and all of these that you can get so uh, if Digimon isn't doing it for you for whatever reason, you want to spend a lot less money, go check out Cyrilim. Anna, you going to jump on Cyrilim? Hmm? No. What's Cyrilim, Anna? A monster collection RPG okay, that I was originally didn't know if you were on paying PC attention. and is now coming to PS4 and Vita. <laughs> Problem is, is if I want a monster collection RPG on the Vita, why wouldn't I just play Digimon? No. Uh, you're not wrong. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. What else we have? Sheer and the Ra Wanderer is coming back, Anna. Yeah, I didn't play the first one because it was way too hard. So Sheer and the Wanderer is a mystery dungeon style game. This one is called Sheer and the Wanderer, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate. Uh, it's coming to, to the U.S. finally from Axis on July 26th. I didn't know Sheer and had a talking weasel companion. Did you know that? He has a companion that is a talking weasel. Okay. That's like his friend, I guess. Well, I didn't know that, and that's cool. I want a talking weasel. Uh, this game will have co-op as well. I don't know how the co-op works, but it's going to have co-op. Two players can go through dungeons together. So does that make you more interested, Anna? Mm, co-op mystery dungeon? Maybe. Just maybe? No? All right. Oh, what else we got? We've got Trillion God of Dis of Destruction has a date. It's uh, coming out in the U.S. on March 29th and Europe on April 1st. Trillion um, God of Destruction is from Idea Factory International. Uh, it's Vita and... Um, let's see. I don't know. I don't remember the details on this one, but it looks like a tactical RPG. Am I wrong? I don't know. Uh, apparently, the yeah. guy's got a trillion hit points. And you just have to keep on fighting him until he dies. Oh, that sounds real entertaining. Um, yeah. the, I don't know. the art looks hey, very hey, disguised. Hey, you say that, but yeah, it actually has the people who worked on Disgaea actually, because I guess Idea Factory is starting to poach their talent or something. Oh, 
Oh, Tempe Sato is doing the sound. That's the Disgaea guy. And I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting then. So then who does NIS have? No one? Uh, they they haven't been doing so great in Japan. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. They haven't that. been doing so good here. Okay. Yeah, they, they've been losing their their thing to Idea Factory, basically. Now they're kind of putting out... Well, that's so funny, because that's what's happening here, too, isn't it? Yeah, all the, the, uh, the, all NIS the NISA people. people that we know went to Actil. And the ones that didn't kind of broke off and did their own indie thing. Actil? I thought they went to Idea Factory International. Or both. Yeah, because like yeah, now, that's just... where Now is, right? Um, Now does PR for Actil, too. But she's also like somebody like of import at idea factory she's the one we dealt with for yeah, the I, know. I know okay <laughs> interesting yeah oh, i guess they have i guess they're sharing some people yeah i don't know what's going on which is okay. sad i like nisa too well i mean if all the people are at a different company does it really matter idea factory's games have been getting made by other companies anyway so they've been uh noticeably better uh yeah, this one's made by Compile Heart. You know, you can't go wrong with Compile Heart, right? <laughs> See, they've actually just kind of outsourced making their games. Okay. They just write them in house. All right. So that the stories might kind of be iffy, but normally the gameplay is not bad. It's kind of funny how it works out that way. But well, the one thing I guess I like about Nisa is they're one of the last people that actually do pretty good physical collector editions. Still, we'll get to that in a second. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who Nisa? Yeah. Yeah, actually, and the cool thing is, is um, because Nisa is doing fewer games themselves, they are now partnering with other companies to do their collector's editions. Well, that's cool. Oh yeah, yeah? That, okay. I I got one of those. I can't remember which one it was. They were doing one for. Uh, they do a bunch oh, for Koei Tecmo now, mm-hmm. because the Atelier um, Eska and Logi Plus, the collector's edition. The only way to get a physical Vita copy was the collector's edition on the Nisa store. Yeah, and that's the one I got. Yep. I like physical Vita stuff, so. Oh, you're crazy! I could, I can't tolerate physical Vita stuff. Oh, I like it too. Oh no, you're, <laughs> the, you're both there's... crazy. The, the case is so small and the, the things are so small. It's just like compared to like PS4 and all the other things where they come in the big. It's just, I don't know. I like well, the small cases. I'm a game collector. So having stuff physical, if I can get it physical, I prefer it that way. Uh, I just, I can't, I literally can't handle the small cartridge size. I just, I feel like I'm going to break it. Also, I feel like I'm going to lose track of it. They are tiny. Well, I have a little uh, uh, Vita carrying case, which is little slots for them all. So oh, I keep the cool. packaging on the shelf, and then I stick the little memory cards in the carrying case. See, that's that's and that's a good alternative if you want a physical version. I just want my nice big memory card, and I'm happy. I have that too, but I use that mainly for all my PSP games from the PSN store. Gotcha. Hmm. Sorry, tangent. No, no, it's fine. Yes. Uh, no, it's fine. Game. NIS has announced details of the Disgaea PC Collector's Edition. Which is cool, but I don't know if I want that original Disgaea game all over again. No, I don't. Um, but if you get the special... Di- okay, so there's multiple things. The game will be out on February 24th for 20 bucks. Um, 
excuse me, the game will be, is that, uh, actually, is that the regular price? May, might only be 15. Uh, it doesn't say here. So this is confusing. Hold on. The game will be out. Uh, you can pre-order it now for 20 bucks. That All you can order is the special digital deluxe dude edition. So I don't know if that implies there'll be a regular edition as well later. But for right now, for 20 bucks, you get a 46-page digital art book and a 32-track digital soundtrack. So that's pretty good. On top of the digital release, there's going to be a physical edition um, called just the Deluxe Dude Edition. No digital. This has uh, the physical versions of the 46-page art book and the 32-track soundtrack, um, as well as a download code for the digital deluxe edition on Steam. And you also get... Um, well, that's it, really. Huh. I thought there'd be something else. Nope, that's it. So the the uh, the art book is referred to as Etna and Flan's Netherworld Guide, but you know, <laughs> whatever. So that's what you get, um, and that edition costs uh, how much does that cost? Sorry, I screwed this up here. Now, is the deluxe edition is it just going to give you a 30. Steam key with some extra stuff, or do you have a? Uh, it looks like a Steam key with some extra stuff. Okay, sorry. Which I just you know, the art book. I, I think that's pretty cool that. A lot of these JRPGs are now coming out on PC and Steam, and that might be a way, you know, kind of what, uh, um, damn, I can't think of the name now. Uh, mm -hmm. The Trails people. I can't, their name's slipping my Exceed? mind. Falcom? Exceed, Falcom yeah, Exceed, Exxon? sorry. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Falcom, yeah, they're putting a lot of their games out on Steam, and I think they're seeing that they're, it's helping sustain their business model doing so, which is cool. So it's it's kind of an untapped area. Uh, Falcom obviously has made all of their games on PC over in Japan over the years, so they're not as new to doing it. But it looks like there's you know with seeing the sky on PC, that's kind of crazy. It looks like they're starting to follow suit. So that might be a trend we start seeing more and more. The Tales games too are now on PC. So which yeah, so. if only they didn't suck so bad on PC. They do? do they suck on PC? Uh, the Tales know. of Symphonia has some major issues. Hang on. Let me find them. Because there's... They're a, so major you have to go look for them. There's a list. <laughs> oh. Well then. All right. Uh, the, the Tales of Symphonia has um, locked resolution. You can change it, but it upscales. So it results in horribly blurry images has a locked frame rate at 30 fps which makes the combat super jaggy there is no graphics options so mm -hmm. there's they added like aliasing and it's really really bad people want to turn it off and they can't um, um it also has an extra level of anti-piracy that takes that makes it take forever to load up and to load between a bunch of stuff uh, have they oh. tried the caps lock key <laughs> and because they have an extra layer of uh, piracy protection, which was, of course, a joke because it got pirated the first day it came out, um, you can you cannot attach mods or games tweaks to it. And that includes they also um, found out that people were getting in mods through the translation files. So they locked out translation files. Hmm. So apparently. Um, oh, yeah. And um, six save slots. The. A number of the issue, like issues were fixed by uh, everyone's favorite PC graphics guy, Durante. Oh, the guy who did the Dark Souls mod? Apparently, yeah. Apparently some of the fixes, like some of the initial, like there was an initial patch done by him and it took him 14 minutes. 
<laughs> and then he put a very scathing article about it, about bad PC ports in general, out on uh, PC Gamer. Uh, and also, the mods on NeoGAF have changed his uh, changed his uh, forum tag, so it now reads: uh, "Come on down to Durante's drive-through PC port fixes, fifteen minutes or less. Yelp, six stars. <laughs> Qualifications: Fixed Souls, Deadly Premonition, Lightning Returns, Omehara Kawase, Symphonia, PhD, likes mimosas. Likes mimosas. Okay. <laughs> That's beautiful." Yeah, I mean, so these were all the problems when the game basically came out on February 3rd. At this point, I assume the community has fixed a large majority of them, and it sounds like they have going off of this guy. Um, but yeah, I don't know why, but they tried their hardest to, to make it so that the game was in no way moddable. Well, it sounds like they're just, these guys are new to the game. It's like, but they're PC not. Gaming. This is like their sixth well, PC port. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, it's know. a little bit weird after the Tales of Zisteria one was so good. Yeah. It's like it's like it's back to like mid-2000s PC games when they went through all that crap. Yeah, it's just, it was silly the, the way that they handled it, and I'm glad that the community cleaned it up, but I also think it's a little ridiculous that the community had to clean it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I actually completely forgot I have a copy of it. I never installed it. What's the point of having game stuff on PC where one of the the nice things about PC gaming is all the mods and, and customization you can do and then try to limit that? It makes no sense to me. Uh, it's because they just consider it another platform like a PlayStation or an Xbox. They're not considering any kind of benefit of actually being a PC. And it actually sounds like they were trying to... Uh, screw over some of the things that can happen with PC, such as how easy it is to pirate it, and obviously that didn't work either. I mean, I would say you, you got it out on Steam, let that very low level of Steam DRM do its work, otherwise you know, as we've seen otherwise history time... Otherwise you're just asking repeats. to get pirated, yep. because people who are legitimately interested in your product aren't going to want to jump through the hoops. And... Yep. I, that does not justify pirating. I think pirating games is still 100% wrong, but... When you inconvenience your, your paying customer, that's when you're going to start having problems. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm just customizing my XCOM team. Oh, uh, back to the podcast. Uh, let's see. <laughs> let's, we have another special edition to talk about. People are still up for it. They're not completely angry about PC games. <laughs> this one isn't for PC, so maybe that'll help. This is for NIS America's uh, tactical RPG Grand Kingdom, which I think is the follow-up to Grand Knight's history, right? Yeah, Grand, yeah. the the one that it got 100% localized and then never came out in North America because nice. the developers wouldn't put the localization in. Ouch. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, this, so this one's coming to PS4 and Vita in the US on June 17th here and June 21st. Oh, excuse me. June 17th in Europe, June 21st in North America. Excuse me. Uh, so there are three different special editions. Number one, launch day edition. Comes with the game, 32-page art book, five-track soundtrack CD in a cardboard sleeve. Only the PS4 version has a launch edition in North America, where Europe gets it for both PS4 and Vita. Okay? On the NIS online store, you can get the limited edition. This includes either the PS4 or Vita version. You can pick a 128-page hardcore art book, hardcover art book, excuse me, not hardcore art book, that's something else, that'd be bad, uh, hardcover <laughs> art book, uh, 
a 15-track soundtrack CD, a poster, and a sheet of decal stickers, or as Anna says, decal stickers, all in a collector's box. That's the one I got. That is only $59.99 or $79.99, depending if you buy the Vita version, which is cheaper, or the PS4 version, which costs more because because we want your money, really. Uh, exclusive to the <laughs> NIS store is is the Grand Edition. Uh, in addition to all that stuff that was in the Limited Edition I just said, you also get a second poster, a cloth map, which, as we all know, is the end-all, be-all of Collector's Edition's <laughs> goods. Chris's favorite. A set of six lapel pins and six miniature art cards. That one is $79.99 for the Vita version and $99.99 for the PS4 version. I, I couldn't justify that one. $20 for that, that stuff. I, it, I no, I'm looking through it. I just, no. I mean, the problem is, is that they're trying to do it on a series that is in no way established in North America yet. You gotta you gotta really be pimping that cloth map if you want me to jump on that one. <laughs> I, I, did, I did do the $80 PS4 one, though. That's seemed cool enough. I get a little collector's box and all that, but mm-hmm. twenty extra dollars for another poster, which is just going to sit in the box. And then I, they I really don't care marketed about it wrong. Pins. I think they marketed it wrong. They should like lock the uh, full soundtrack yeah. into the into the grand edition. Yeah, that would get I mean, people to jump on it. It looks like most of the cool stuff is in the limited edition, and this extra the cloth map is the only thing I would have really liked out of the grand edition. But yeah, I but really, up. when you get those anymore, do you use them? Well, display I have some them? on my wall, but not all of them. But only ones about games you care about, right? You don't just put random ones up you get, do you? Right. Or, I mean, maybe if they're really pretty, I guess? Yeah, I don't... I mean, I have, like, I have, like, the old Icewind Dale and, and Baldur's Gate 2 ones up. But that's about it. Uh, yeah, the, the limited s- edition ones actually got put on Amazon, uh, which is nice. Prime shipping. Ah, but, okay. But uh, the... The one that's got the cloth map, that's only at the NIS store. Hmm. Which is too bad. I like prime shipping. Prime you shipping know, is I do, thing. but I love Amazon. I buy most of my games from them, but I'm tired of buying collector's editions from them. Because they like to put them in bubble envelopes and ship them to my house. And guess what happens to these nice collector's Ouch. Editions? Yeah. That's I've had to, I sent back Stella Glow like two or three times, and I finally like, uh, we're going to stop selling this game. Because they've had people send them back. Like, I, they'd send it in the bubble mailer. I'd tell them, do not send this in a bubble mailer. I get it. It's like a squash pancake of a game with the shit all broken <laughs> inside of it. It's terrible. So I'm not going to pay new price for this smash. What's the point of getting collector edition if I'm going to get it smashed? That's funny because uh, Amazon.ca sent me Stella Glow and it came in a, a box and mm. was perfectly fine. Yeah, that's because to- Canada cares about people. I guess so, because I need to tell these people. Well, what, what I hear what they do is they it's a, kind of an automated system to where they have a package of a certain size, and it auto tells them which packaging material to use. So that's, that size of the game fits real nicely into a big, thick, or a big padded yellow envelope, which Stella Glow is... Some of the games survive all right in them because they're a hard cardboard. Stella Glow is a really, really soft cardboard ga- box, so... Uh, it's really easy to smash it. And yeah, it did not fare well in the mail at all. Excellent. <laughs> no, sorry. Not excellent to the squashing. Thing. No. It's, there's been a few that's happened like that. and 
uh, and, and it's really infuriating when you sit and you get on the, the uh, you know, the chat or the phone with them and tell them, hey, do not ship these in these yellow envelopes. And then, okay, send it back to us. And then we'll send you a replacement. And guess what? The replacement comes in a <laughs> yellow envelope again. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they don't have that capability with their production lines. I guess not. Or and their it's delivery just... system, yeah. And it's frustrating. Yeah. It's like you, you guys are just pissing away money doing this. Or however, I don't know how they handle these games that come back to them. Uh, obviously they didn't if they stopped selling it so it depends on the reason that it comes back um it sometimes there's a contractual obligation for the publisher to take them back Hmm. but it's super situational yeah that would suck oh yeah we were shipping things out and they got it all destroyed in there um come take these back and give us a reason Uh, yeah if i was a publisher i wouldn't take them back that's their fault screw that yeah that's amazon's fault i agree and yeah. I think in this situation, they would be responsible for them. Yeah. If it's buggy, it's one thing. That's yeah. the publisher's fault, but yeah. not that. Or if something, if you get the, uh, the the box and it's in the box, right? And you come yeah. to open it up and then something inside of it is, yeah. is damaged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From, Absolutely. From obviously not something that was actually shipped, you know? Right, right. Then that's different. But if you're just putting in a crappy little... Oh, yeah. Envelope, that was 100% Amazon's fault. Yeah. So... I wonder Plus. what I wonder how Atlas handled that because I suspect a lot of people would have complained directly to Atlas. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what people are complaining about on that. There's another one that just happened to like a two years ago, and all of their stuff was getting shipped that way. It was like a bigger. It was a console, uh, not a handheld, so the mm-hmm. the packaging was even bigger, and they completely shut down the sale of it for like a couple of weeks while they looked into it because I think they're just having a whole bunch of people sending it back because everyone's stuff was getting shipped damaged because they weren't shipping it properly. I can't remember what game it was, though. It might have been a 3DS game, too. I can't... Uh, I'm trying to recall, but... So they, they, they look into it, but then I don't know who they blame or what. I don't think Atlas got a lot of flack or whoever it was. It probably was Atlas because it might have been an XSEED item. I'm not sure. My Amazon rant for the day. <laughs> That's fair. All right. Next up, we've got some news about Final Fantasy 2. If you've been waiting to play Final Fantasy 2 on your iPhone or Android device, you have an option now, and it's free, at least for a limited time. Final Fantasy 2 is free in the Final Fantasy Portal app. So just open the Portal app, and you can just... Uh, if you're like me, you had to completely sign out of your account and sign back into it but after you do that <laughs> uh, you can download the Final Fantasy 2 for uh, for your iOS or Android device and play it on your phone um, and if you don't care then I'm sorry <laughs> forget it <laughs> but uh, yeah Final Fantasy 2 nobody cares alright so moving on it, limited time I, I don't know how much they'll charge afterwards because um, Final Fantasy 9 also came out this week um, for for iOS, did that come out on Android too, Anna? Yep. Limited limited pricing of sixteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Oh, it's I mean, I'm pretty sure it's back up to twenty at this point. Twenty dollars and ninety nine cents is the regular price for Final Fantasy Nine. So I'm gonna recommend you go get Final Fantasy Two instead, because <laughs> that's a lot of money for Final Fantasy Nine, don't you think? No. Yes. Hmm. All right. You do. Good. So I'm not alone? All no. Right. 
I think it'll still be worth it for some people. For some people? Are you going to get it, Anna? No, because I don't know when it would fit into my gaming schedule. All right. This has kind of been my mantra for quite a number of things this week. (laughs) I noticed. All right. Other things going on around RP Gamer uh, regarding U.S. released products. Adrian has a quick look, or not a quick look, um, an hour to impress up for Oceanhorn, I think is what we call it, right? An hour Mm -hmm. to impress? Yeah. So he's got that up on the site right now. Go check it out on there or our YouTube channel. Michael Apps has got an article up looking at The Division. So if you want to hear his opinion versus Jonathan's, that's up now. And uh, we talked about Shadows of Adam already. So let's go into the briefs. Anna, come check out my briefs. No? All right. There's a lot of trailers in your briefs. All right. (laughs) Ew. Square Enix shows off magic and warp kills in some videos for... um, Actually, for what? Final Fantasy 15. Oh, Final Fantasy 15. Okay. Yeah, it's the updated combat videos for Final Fantasy 15. So that is a... One might call it a... Video... Trailer? Trailers. Thank you. Twilight Princess has a story and uh, a couple other videos. They has trailers. Adventures of Mana has a... Trailer! Bombshell has a... Trailer. Oh, and it's out. And it's out. Odin's Fears got a... Trailer! And also it's coming to Europe in June. And a release date in Europe. Yes. Yeah. What is that? June. Um, June. I think that's what I, we know. I don't think they were any more specific other than June. All right. Um, There's an... Ca- June... Uh, North America is June 7th, and Europe is... June. June. <laughs> All right. Star Ocean 5 is a character named Anne. They have a... Trailer! And they have one for someone named Emerson. Two trailers. Dark Souls 3 has a... Trailer. Bravely Second has trailers. Sega put out a video reminding us of why Valkyria Chronicles combat is awesome. So go watch that. Square Enix put out videos to make you not forget about Final Fantasy Explorers. So check out those trailers for a game that's already out. Yeah. Oh, and um, speaking of Square Enix, uh, Anna, can I have another one for Final Fantasy 14 patch 3.2? Has a trailer. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> what did they show off in the Final Fantasy fourteen patch? Anything good people should know about? Um, well, the first thing they show off is probably going to be a massive spoiler for anyone who hasn't finished them, the Heavenswood storyline, so I'm not oh. going to mention it. Okay. However, it does use a very familiar boss theme from Final Fantasy VI. Okay. Oh. okay. Sorry to, to break. Alice, did you forget to talk about your Eve news? Uh, no, I was going to mention it right at the end. but Okay, sorry. Continue on with your trailer talk. I haven't okay. forgotten. All right. Well, um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, is it time? It is time. So um, Eve had an interesting update this week. Was it this week or was it last week? Whatever. Um, they have now put in skill trading. Okay. So, what? What? So previously, Eve Online is relatively well known for having uh, what is known as the character bazaar. Um, what that meant was uh, people could actually sell their characters legally through the game uh, through the game's forums as long as it was done for in-game currency. Oh, okay. So you could train a character up. You could then sell it for... I can't remember what the... Uh, Wait, how do you sell a character ex- for in-game currency? Well, you basically... Why, you, you make the currency exchange and then you pay for the character transfer to somebody else's account. You can oh, do that. okay. Um, so this is a kind of, I suppose, uh, this kind of answers one of the, one of the criticisms that they then put in for, for the, cause it was quite, um, sort of contentious when it, when it first came up. 
Um, so what they've added now is uh, you can now get an item from the game's uh, like the equivalent of a cash shop, um, which allows you to extract 500,000 skill points from your character. And that item can now be traded to other people, including your own alts, if, if, if you wanted to. But, I mean, you can use them yourself. You can take out 500,000 uh, skill points from that useless mining skill that you haven't used in the last 10 years or something and put it into something more combat-focused. Um, but this has uh, this has done some very interesting things to, um, like, the, the, the landscape of characters in EVE. For example, one of the things that people often looked at, um, if you were I, entering into like a pvp engagement with someone um people often looked up people's character ages so they could kind of gain an idea for how long that character had been around and that was usually an indication that if they'd been training constantly what level of skill points they might have mm -hmm. that's completely out the window now um we've already seen um through the kilt boards like characters that are four days old piloting <laughs> like carriers <laughs> I love it. So, um, yeah, the like the, the 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 skill trading thing. It's basically turned your car your your skill points into a tradable commodity, which is I don't know. It's, I, I actually think it's a really interesting way of uh, like sort of changing up how the game is played, in a way. Like there have been people who've been shipping these around. Like really, it's a bit like carrying a time card. That was that's one of the that's one of the weird things that separates Eve from similar games that have other mechanics like you know the WoW token, yeah, yeah that's like very strictly controlled by Blizzard, um, whereas Eve's equivalent the Plex, if you're stupid enough to undock with that and someone kills you, they can take it. It can be destroyed if, too, can it? It can be destroyed as well. Yeah, and at the moment a single Plex so. 30 days of game time is currently worth 1.2 billion-esque. Mm -hmm. That's quite a lot of money. In-game. I think 500,000 experience points currently costs about 600 million. Um, which will allow you to skip quite a fair way on some uh, lower skill multiplier skills. How much millions? Um, uh, six hundred million. Six hundred million. Well, yeah. uh, there is it's now more than I have. <laughs> the, th the thing to consider is the effect of diminishing returns. Um, so, in order to prevent this from uh, unduly favoring people who have been playing the game for a while and have a large number of skill points, uh, CCP put in a system where um, if you have over, I'm trying to remember what the thresholds are. By default, the skill injector gives you five hundred thousand. However, when you go above um, a certain number of skill points, I think it might be 30 or 40 million, uh, that drops to 400,000 and then 300,000. And then the lowest it can go is 150,000 at 80 million skill points. Hmm. So there is also like a sort of bleed off of skill points for people who are, who are sort of taking, like sort of partaking in that. Okay, that's something. Uh, so trading. So I should get on there and sell my character. How much money does it cost to bottle up people's skill points? 
Uh, I think the extractors, um, they're, so they're being sold on the, the Aurum store, which is what you what you spent actual money on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, in-game, I think they're currently going for something like 250 so 250 million. Oh, jeez. Wow. Okay. So it's not something that you enter into light like lightly but i mean like the 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 mega rich um coalitions and things like that will probably you know i i wouldn't surprise me if i start seeing like single injectors being handed out to newer pilots by older pilots Mm -hmm. um in large coalitions where that's like financially uh like sort of viable and there's a lot of this stuff floating around in the market now so yeah that's what happened that works all right whoo all right so there's a lot of games that released this week. yeah digimon cyber sleuth came out um XCOM 2 came out yeah final and final fantasy 9 yeah. a came Aveyond out on steam like 4 1 because hmm. there's been series before i think i reviewed like 3 1 and 3 2 for the site <clears throat> excuse me okay uh, let's see. Rainbow Moon is coming to PS4. That's still a thing, apparently. On Tuesday. Yeah. Um, Popolacqua has a date. Yep. So um, uh, February 18th. So this Thursday in Europe. And then uh, March 1st in the US. Hmm. I can't wait to play this. Oh, really? Okay. I'm excited for it. So that's the the farming Popolacqua. <laughs> no. No. Well, yeah, no. It's a Popolaqua game, but it's got Story of Seasons tacked onto it because there's farming and relationships. Okay. Uh, let's see. Also, we have some Japanese news. So this is where we get really depressed about stuff that Japan's getting that we don't. Okay. Um, maybe not so much this week. Uh, Tokoden 2. That's going to be a thing. You know, the Monster Hunter plus kind of plus uh, Warriors game. Like Dynasty Warriors, huh? That's what Tokiden basically is. Uh, oh, okay. It's an action-based Monster Hunter sort of thing. Interesting. Yeah, uh, it's coming out for PS3, PS4, Vita in Japan in 2016. Um, it is going to be open world instead of mission-based this time, and that's all we know. That's happening. No, no US announcements yet. Did we get the first one? Yes, we did. Okay. We got both of. They have the first one, and then like kind of the well, enhanced that's version. Tokiden Kiwami. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure I butchered that pronunciation okay um there's another cladoon game coming out yeah no all right uh let's see cladoon is coming from nis so speaking of nis uh coming up may 26th in japan on vita uh so if you like more cladoon i bet you that'll come here eventually i wonder how that did in the u.s i don't know Um, i heard it was terrible but Um, and then they announced like all of the crossover heroes for Dragon Quest Heroes 2. So Elena, Kirill, Maya, Terry, Jessica again, Mania, Tornico, Carver, Gabo, Maribel, and Angelo. And if you don't know who, where those are from, you're not a true Dragon Quest fan. No, I mean, we tell you in the story. Okay. Yep. And, uh,. <laughs> If you don't know what? If you don't know what games those people are oh, from, yeah, you're not yeah. a true Dragon Quest fan. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think Carver's the one that I messed up my DQ6 playthrough, and I can't get him now. Oh. Yeah. 
I need to play all my Dragon Quest games. I've only played eight, and I have them all. Eight's a good game, I though. I am stoked for the 3DS remakes. I am going to play cool. crap out of those. I even had all the original NES ones, but I sold them. I, yeah, I've played all of them at this point that have come out and been localized. Um, I just don't, haven't finished that many of them. Well, I've played one, but I can't really... Damn cat. That <laughs> <laughs> was beautiful. That's great. I, I'm, I'm sorry. He knocked over some stuff, but that was perfectly tied. <laughs> well, see, some people have small cats and they jump on their desk and they're, they're annoying. This cat is a humongous cat. He is 20 pounds or a little over 20 pounds. Oh, my pounds. gosh. And he, he's a little fat, but he's just like a big cat. His paws are ginormous. So is when he, he part wants a, like Norwegian forest cat or something? He's just a big gray tabby cat. And he, but his, like, he's got, you know, really big paws and a big frame. And then he's got a gun on top of that. Is that the cat in the background or your kid? I'm not sure what that is. Okay. It must be my kid downstairs. <laughs> All right. Or I'm not Just even sure if that's from me. Just checking. No, but the cat's sitting on my mouse pad. And he was well, like, appropriate, the, right? the mic earlier. <laughs> and his tail knocks stuff down now. That's how big he is. He just swiped my desk with his tail and stuff went flying. <laughs> AOE like attack. Godzilla Desk. attack. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, Chris. But, yes, dear. What are you going to be playing this week? Oh, I don't know. Am I supposed to know already? Yes. Uh, no, we're going to feedback now, aren't we? We have feedback? Yeah, we have feedback. Okay. Uh, first, we asked people what games they picked up in February. Right, what games they would be picking up in February. Yeah. So, Shaman wrote in and said, hey, I'm also from uh, Nova Scotia, just like uh, Robert on the podcast today. It says, uh, Project X Zone 2. Cross Zone. Project Cross Zone 2. Fire Emblem Fates Limited Edition and Breath of Fire 3. Jay Scarp said, only getting two games in February. Still too busy trying to catch up with stuff released in December, like Xenoblade X and Yakuza 5 and Trails of Cold Steel. So, um, Gravity Rush Remastered, because I love that game on Vita, and I'll support it however Sony will let me. And Fire Emblem Fates Limited Edition, because I needs all the Fire Emblem. So... Victor said, I received a new 3DS XL as an unexpected and treasured gift. So the game I bought for February is the only one exclusive to the system. Xenoblade Chronicles 3D. The Wii version will be has been sitting in my backlog because I prefer portable gaming, but I'm going to prioritize the new 3DS version as soon as I finish Mario & Luigi Paper Jam. Yay, Paper Jam! Silktail says, maybe to appease their fan base, Nintendo should make the next Fire Emblem crossover game be Fire Emblem Cross Dogs Plus Cats, where you choose to join an army of armored dogs and cats then have strategic conquest battles the petty mini games emotional decisions and maybe one of your pegasus knights can be taken out on walkies <laughs> i like it there you get your petting games uh, perfect there you go. there's your petting mini games. all right so here's your new game releases for the week um and actually there was one that wasn't ready is that ready now did they put it up they did okay we'll get to that in a second over on the pc we have the ship remastered Danganronpa, Trigger Happy Havoc. That's the first one. Yep. Pillars of Eternity, The White March Part 2. Californium. Californium. You need Arnold. Street Fighter V, Tron Run slash R. City Skyline Snowfall Expansion. Alice, I'm looking at you. Snowfall. Maybe. Uh, no? You're not, not committing? All right. Not initially, I don't think. Right. Hero and Daughter, Wondershot. Layers of Fear and Plague Inc. Evolved. Let's see what else we got here. Babel Choice, Break Chance Memento, Bubonic Outbreak, Cat Simulator. Wait, I thought it was Bubonic. 
whatever. Critical Annihilation. Wait, you can't make fun of me for mispronouncing stuff and then mispronounce stuff all the well, time. Well, I think I pronounced it right. Uh, Defragmented, Devil Sealing Stone, Doors, Drod RPG, Tendry's Tale, whatever that is, <laughs> Earth Space Colony, Helleborn, Kindred Spirits on the Roof, Mosaic Maze, Nuts, The Battle of the Bulge, Project Graviton, Recursion Deluxe, Here's what I'm going to look up. RPG Tycoon. Is this like a game where you simulate <laughs> making RPGs? Let's see. RPG Tycoon, $8.99 on Steam. Hit, hire heroes, send them on quests, get loot, and make a profit as you expand from nothing into a bustling fantasy kingdom. So it's like uh, my life RPG is a RPG manager. Yeah, it's yeah. an RPG um, manager. Yeah, all well, the Majesty series. Uh, Majesty? Okay. It's a PC. It's a PC game that's like an RTS, but you kind of really your units in quotes are actually just kind of like heroes. And you have to give them. You have to promise them money so that yeah. they go out and fight things. So, it's kind of cool actually, but it's quite an old game. I think it's one of Paradox's ones. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now over in yeah, Majesty Two, but you have to. All right. So is it? Do I have to do things, or is it just tell them to do things and watch them do it? Uh, you still have to like build up the town and do some rts related things like base building and stuff like that okay uh, so rts so not really kind of sit yeah. back and watch ts all right mm. sadly not mixed reviews on rpg tycoon so go check out the reviews before you jump into it um showtime 2073 side quest okay I, I, what is side quest it's two words side quest february 15th side quest tells the fun story about a child that becomes a hero and sees himself having to fulfill a mission that a suspicious wizard trusts to him meanwhile a young and punchy villain punchy villain struggles to keep him from finding this journey finishing this journey with full of action uh, full with action hordes of enemies and even a legendary i don't know what's going on i there. can't tell if you're mucking up the description no, i the description is terrible next game is snake escape Spokoino, back to the USSR. Super Helmets on Fire DX Ultra Edition Plus Alpha. Okay, I kind of want to. There were too many words in there. Super Helmets on Fire DX Ultra Edition Plus Alpha. That is a side scrolling indie game. Um, the Daring Mermaid Experience. Lost World Zero. Whew. Okay. Uh, over on PS4, we've got Street Fighter V. Layers of Fear, The Escapists, The Walking Dead, Mitsuru, Mit, Mitsurugi Kamui Hikai. That must be in Japan only. I bet you that's Japan only. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. I, well, actually, no, no it's here. Will... It's here. Okay. Yeah, but that game has been out for like four years or something. Well, it's it just coming just out. It's coming to Steam. Multiple places are saying it's coming out this week on PS4. Oh, PS4. PS4. Yeah, it's, already been, it's already been out on Steam for What ages. is it? A visual novel or something? No, it's uh, like a Dynasty Warriors game. Oh, okay. There you go. I seem um, to remember. Or uh, that kind of style brawler, like street brawler thing. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Tron Run R, Layers of Fear, and The Escapist Walking Dead. Oh, I have that in there twice. Sorry. Um, Rainbow Moon, which we talked about. And that's it. Xbox One's getting Tron Run R, Wonder Shop, Layers of Fear, and Rocket League coming to Xbox One. Wow, really? Yep. Uh, the 3DS gets Project Cross Zone 2, Fire Emblem Fates Birthright, and Fire Emblem Fates Conquest. And we'll be getting Fire Emblem Fates all the things. Yep. Um, yep. 
Fancy. Also getting World Puzzles by Paugi on the eShop. And then I fun- cannot, yeah. I cannot call it Project I have to call it Project X Zone. Okay. Can't do it. Okay. <laughs> it's a crossover game. It's a crazy X-Zone. crossover game. Alright. Yeah, X Zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Brain Academy, eShop, Virtual Console um, on the Wii U coming this week. Cutie Clash coming Wait, on the Wii U. Wait, really? Yeah. It's been like six or seven months since we've seen a first-party DS game on the Virtual Console, and we still haven't seen any third-party. Okay. Um, Kudu Kudu Kududin is listed as coming out in the Virtual Console, as is Polarium Advance. Um, Cutie Clash, Cutie Pets Go Fishing. This is all Wii U. Oddworld New and Tasty hitting the eShop for 15 bucks. Outside the Realm hitting the eShop for 50 cents. And Word Puzzles by Paugi. And that is your new releases for the week. What will you be playing this week? Anna Marie. Um, Fire Emblem and Mystery Game. All right. And Eska and Lodgy Atelier. I will be playing more XCOM and probably Pillars of Eternity. Jonathan, what are you playing? XCOM 2, and I'll be playing Fire Emblem, maybe. if I don't know. I may want to try to beat the other one first, but we'll see. Fire Emblem, maybe. That is the less... Well, I'll be playing a Fire Emblem, that is whether the, or not it's the I don't want to pick a side. Fire Emblem, maybe. I'm not picking. Right. <laughs> well, that is what Revelations is. Oh, all right. But Once, that's... How long until that comes out? Um, March, unless you get the collector's edition. Which I have. Which is also March, isn't it? No. Oh, it'll be Friday. Why didn't you get the collector's edition, Anna? Because I didn't want it physically. How many times do we have to have this discussion? But you get all the things, all the versions now. Mm -hmm. Don't care. You want to play Revelations after you finish at least Birthright or Conquest, preferably both, because they... Within the first 30 seconds, it completely spoils what goes on at the end well, of both of them. Okay. There's one issue. Are you getting one and then adding the other as $20 DLC? And then getting Revelations as another DLC? Yes. Okay. I think there's some people who are worried about getting them each separately, and then they're not being attached as the same game. And so Revelations can you only be attached as DLC. You buy it. Yes. That is the only way you can buy it. And if you... If you want to buy each game individually, you can, but you just be spending $80 instead of $60. I don't know I think some people are doing that. That's what they're doing. They're getting the physical edition of each, and then they're worried about how's Revelations going to attach to it. Revelations is only going to attach to... (sighs) Why does it need to attach? Because, so the way... Yeah. But, so... Oh. So you'll have to have that cart in to play it, is what you're saying. Right. It's not going to attach to your system. So the way that Awakening worked is if we put a second cartridge into Chris's 3DS, the mm-hmm. DLC that he bought for my cartridge was available. But I don't know if that's the way that it works in Fate. Well, because they were the same game, Anna. Right. And these are not the same game. Correct. But maybe it'll work. Right. We don't know <laughs> is the point. Going well, off of these weird the, releases like right, this, I going guess off of the last one, in theory, it should, but no one will know until they try it. Well, I mean, I'm sure your save files are going to be tied together in some way. I right. think Gosh, it sure is... be nice if the publisher would just tell us, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I mean, the save files are distinct if you have two separate physical copies. You're right. Because it's not saved to the SD card. No, it's saved to the cartridge. And I think that's what you're going to run into is you may or may not be able to access 
um, the third branch via either copy, but your save is going to be attached to a specific cartridge. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we'll know next week because people will be talking about it, I'm sure. You think? <laughs> well, they won't be able to because the DLC isn't out yet. Uh, except for people that have the collector's edition. Yeah, but then that's just going to work in general. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. It's all in the same cart. Right. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> well, no, because you know what's going to happen? Someone's going to buy the collector's edition and the physical editions and attempt to use it and fail because the saves are on the cartridge. Is the collector's edition all digital codes? No. No, okay. it's all cartridge. It, it is won't matter. all three games on one cartridge. Right. Anyway, yeah, okay. So we'll find out in March. Yeah. Yep. I think so. That was very twisty-turvy. Podcast.rpgamer.com is the email address that you can send your emails in. You can also call us at 608-729-4098. And, of course, go to the forums at Twitter. Excuse me, at rp at forums.rpgamer.com. <laughs> forums.rpgamer.com is where the RP Gamer forums is. Go to the latest updates section. You can find the show thread in there. Leave your comments on the show and answer the following question. Which version of Fire Emblem are you getting? No, we already kind of talked about what you're getting in February. What's another question? No? No questions. All right. What game should have petting mini games in it that doesn't? Yes. I like this one. All right. Uh, yeah. Answer that question. What game should have petting mini games in it? And uh, that's it. So I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Jonathan, Robert, Anna Marie, and Alice. Whew. And you for watching us live, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, right here on twitch.tv slash rpgamer. Please follow and subscribe. Well, there's no subscription because we're not a partner. But uh, follow, favorite, whatever you do on Twitch. Um, and, of course, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. And helps remember, uh, by default, get the show in front of other people. I email you to say when we're live. You have to turn that on now. It's oh, okay. Second. You have to turn that on on Twitch? Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, subscribe to us on iTunes. That helps us out. Puts it in front of other people. And we are going to be back next week with more RPG cast for you. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy we Valentine's love you. Day. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day.